Well, welcome to the Global Church Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Jim. And uh, it's been a while since we've been together. Yep. Yep. A lot has gone on since we were together last time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, not only uh, you know here in Winchester, but obviously globally, you know what's taking place around the world, and there's uh, tons of stuff going on. Yeah. And so the uh, what we wanted to do in the focus of this podcast, um, as everybody knows, <clears throat> we're all on in uh, lockdown because of COVID nineteen, and and um, we've had to cut cut out all of our trips and and that kind of thing. And so um, we've gone to the next best thing and and uh, started to use Zoom. Yep. And uh, two days ago, we had a a what we called kind of a online global conference where we got together via zoom uh, with uh, 25 to 30 of the uh, various pastors that we work with around the world just to touch base with them and see how they're doing how their churches are doing how their countries are being affected yeah a lot of people were able to join us Uh, most of the folks were able to join us not everybody uh, some were able to just listen in. They weren't necessarily able to, you know, speak and contribute. Uh, uh, varied on their uh, Wi-Fi uh, access and accessibility in their particular location. But yeah, it was good. It was we were able to connect with with a good number of people. Yeah, and it uh, and afterwards we got a lot of feedback from them that uh, they were very encouraged with the opportunity. Um, because if you're not familiar familiar with how Zoom works, um, you I mean you can see everybody. You you know everybody's got a little square. Kind of looks like the old Hollywood Squares uh, game show that used to be on TV. <laughs> right. And uh, and you got you know all these all these people there, and, and so they could you know they could see each other and hear hear each other and talk to each other. And one thing and, they couldn't do was pass germs. Right. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> they yeah. couldn't pass germs to each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it was a it was a really good time and and um, and really something we need to continue on with. Would really like to, right. even when things get back to normal. Sure, um, yeah. it's a it's a really good way of just staying connected in between trips and that kind of thing. And yeah, and uh, so so what were some of the <clears throat> some of the things, Scott, that really um, uh, communicated to you, or what? Kind of what overall? What was what was the state of the works? Um, the various locations that were, you know, that we're working in, and all you know, talking about three different continents. Um, you know, we were we had people on from Asia, Africa, Latin America, South America. Right. So yeah, was there was there a common theme that kind of wove throughout all the? All the yeah, locations? there were a couple. Um, one was, um, you know, the 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 works that are located in. Um, higher uh, concentration of populated areas um, definitely have have the most restrictions. Um, You have some places that they were, um, you know, told not to leave, not to leave their homes. Um, And then the ones that are more rural, more tribal, uh, like some of the Pocot places, you know, their churches are, some of them are way out in the mountains, Mm -hmm. um, way out in you know, like East Pocot, it's, you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're just way out in the wilderness. Um, mm-hmm. 
And those places, I don't think it's really affecting them a lot mm-hmm. um, at all. Um, they're they're pretty isolated. They're way out away from things, you know, unless unless they need to go into town for something, right. you know, then it's a different story. But in terms of, you know, remaining in their houses, in their villages, and, you know, I don't think any of them are really needing to do that or doing any of that. Um, right just because of their isolation. Right. Um, and so that was really interesting, um, just, you know, from location to location, just the difference of the context um, kind of determined the, the difference in lockdown. Even, like, talking with Victor, who's from Guadalajara, and then Fernando Navarro, who's from Chiapas, way down mm-hmm. south, um, just even within the, within the same country in Mexico, different regulations um, Victor, in Victor's area, things were a lot more strict than in Fernando's area. Right. And, uh, so that was interesting. But I think the thing, I think the thing that stood out to me the most, um, that I hadn't thought of, um, is that you have, you have a lot of these places, you know, they're obviously, uh, just in terms of the society, a lot poorer than, you know, here in America or in the West. Mm -hmm. And, in many <clears throat> many of the locations, the people in the churches are living pretty much day to day, hand to mouth. Some places, and to tell people that are living in that context that they can't leave their homes, mm-hmm. uh, I mean that's dire. Mm-hmm. You know that's you know we at least have freezers, you know, full of meat and mm-hmm. you know food and yeah and and. Uh, and ha- often, you know, have a surplus, and and uh, and but a lot of these, a lot of these other places, they're not able to do that, and they don't, right. they don't do that, and right. they live day to day, hand to mouth, and so when they're told they can't leave, they can't work, they right. can't, they can't leave their homes. Uh, I mean, they have to. It's not just going to the fridge and getting food for the day. It's right. you know, they have to go out somewhere, and and so what do they do? And and so I think it's a lot. It's uh, a, a lot more difficult for for others than it is for us. Yeah, William <clears throat> said specifically that you know people in his area are saying that they would rather go out and run the risk of getting the virus as opposed to sit at home with their uh, family and children and starve to death. Right. And so when you hear hear things like that, yep, that's uh, it's very hard to hear. Yeah, that's serious. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's uh, it. Um, I don't know if you know the African countries are just behind the other countries. If it's you know going to spread there like it has in Europe and other places, but or if it's because of the weather. I know viruses you know generally don't tend to do that well in hotter climates, mm-hmm. and and uh, or if that's the case, but. Like the Boons in Zambia, they said right now there's only two known cases right. uh, in their country. The Malawi guys said they didn't know of any, mm-hmm. um, and so that was. But but yet still their countries are are following suit and instilling some regulations to, right. which I think is good precautions to in place. yeah catch it before it really spreads and right. and uh, yeah Cedric have been in Malawi because you know we were planning to go over you and I were planning to go over to 
Malawi to be a part of that conference. And so we did not go, mm. but Cedric went, uh, who was in South Africa. So he went to Malawi, spent the time with those guys through First Corinthians and, and then on into First Timothy. And, um, and then he got back to South Africa on Sunday night, I believe, right. which was just, um, just in time before they started to really shut things down in South Africa. And so he said that he was very thankful to the Lord because in a sense he made it back just in time before South Africa started to shut things down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, too, that was that they weren't on the call, uh, but this morning we got an email from Pete and Carolyn mm-hmm. that they were uh, scheduled to come back um, in late April their son's graduation in may right in may yeah and they were going to be here for three months and so <clears throat> there's 20 cases now in togo hmm. where we were uh, back in january february right. and so um they're actually going to try to get on a flight sunday hmm. and get home uh, earlier before before they, they can't the risk, leave yeah. before they run the risk of togo shutting down the airport and um yeah. so we can you know obviously we'll be prayerfully depending upon the Lord for all these people and locations and we can put them on the list as well. Hopefully they can get out of Togo on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing that, that some of them did say was that their, their countries have closed their borders mm-hmm. and they're not, not accepting people in from other countries. Um, some of them can still travel within their country some, but, uh, but they've closed their borders to, uh, coming in from other countries right right yeah so um and then all of them are yeah then we also talked about um how are they continuing on as as a church how are they continuing on in their ministries um just to get a feel for you know what they're able to do and what they're not able to do um not everybody you know, are located in locations, you know, where they have access to Wi-Fi and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And so, um, and then, you know, really to you to be able to use um, apps like Zoom effectively, you really have to pay for the licensing. Just the free version doesn't, you know, you're limited to the number of, of participants. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can only use it for 40 minutes at a time and and uh, so to really use it effectively you know, with a larger number of people and for longer than 40 minutes, you have to, you have to pay for the subscription. So right. many of them, <clears throat> they're, not <clears throat> they're not able to do that. Um, even if they were, not everybody in their congregations have Wi-Fi, so right. they wouldn't even be able to use it to reach everybody in their right. congregations. So... Ones that um, uh, have access to Wi-Fi and Internet and some, you know, a lot of the people in their congregations do, they, they were pre-recording, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like we were doing here at FBC, mm-hmm. pre-recording uh, the message, posting it on Facebook. Um, yeah, I know, I know the guys in Hostler did that. Right. Um, <clears throat> Saji and Augustine did that yeah. and actually put that up on YouTube so that we could watch it. The and guys so in Guadalajara did that as yeah, well. Juan did that yeah. in Cuenca and maybe some others. But again, the key thing there is to have good Wi-Fi. 
Yeah, and then the people in your church having access right. to it as well. Exactly. Um, and so then others who were in locations where they didn't have that access or the large portion of their congregation didn't, um, they're resorting to cell phone mm-hmm. and making phone calls and right. calling people and you know seeking to encourage them and 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 uh, things like that, which is you know definitely a lot more difficult and but yet still very needed. Right. Um, you know, people are at different places in terms of their view of God and their understanding of what God is doing and how God works and. And I think there's a lot of confusion that exists out there, you know, in the hearts of people when a crisis like this hits. Right. You know, what it's really about. And, and a lot of times fear and anxiety and uncertainty. And, and so it's, it's really important for, you know, these guys to be able to keep in contact with their, with their people mm-hmm. and keep point, pointing them in the right direction and, right. and uh, pointing them to Christ and and, uh, and I think, you know, from what we've heard from them, they're all seeking to do that and right. recognize the importance of that. And Right. Yeah. We, um, we as a missions committee, uh, we meet next week. And, um, and so we're going to be discussing uh, ways that we can be more of a help. Um, you know, the, some of these places that... Um, you know, where the people aren't able to go out and work, um, and they're living day to day, right. You know, maybe we could, um, send a a financial gift to the Mm -hmm. church that could be used to, you know, help people buy food and things that they need uh, when they're not able to go work and that kind of thing. So, um, we're going to be talking about that and praying about that as a, as a committee. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for us to um, get our minds around some of the areas of poverty. Oh. And it's even even when things are going well for these areas, yeah. it's hard for us to get our minds around the poverty. Um, they, many, many, many places, don't have the means to uh, support their pastor. Right. And if they bring an offering, sometimes it's a bag of rice or some food, some corn, um, something like that, that they contribute in terms of an offering yeah. on, a, on a Sunday or whatever day they meet. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and that's, that's, on, that's when things are going well. Mm. And so when things are in, you know, are, are in a period of suffering, like they are now for everybody, mm. it e- is, it's even more difficult to get our minds around uh, the degree of poverty and the uh, um, lack of ability to, like you said, not even have a day's work, to take that day's work and go to the market and buy some food. Um, but, you know, at the same time, God's faithful. Right. And so... And so we have to, we have to just remind ourselves that um, none of this has caught God by surprise, mm. and God knew this uh, from the beginning of time. And uh, I just thought I'd read something out of Matthew six that I've been thinking about for about two weeks now, I guess, as things started to unfold. 
and I wrote it, I, I communicated it with everybody, our global family, mm. uh, through WhatsApp mm-hmm. last week. But right. I thought there will be more listeners here today um, or whenever people are listening that might not have uh, read it on WhatsApp. So I just thought I'd, I'd read through this in Matthew 6, uh, verses 25 through 34. And it says, it says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about what, your, about, about your life, as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that they, that they, I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I've just been thinking about that uh verse 26 it says look at the birds of the air and they they don't sow nor do they reap nor do they gather into barns yet your heavenly father provides for them um are we not much more worthy than they are so essentially doesn't god love us much more than he loves the birds Hmm. you know and the and uh, so i've i've thought about that probably every day for the past number of weeks that that you know the birds and the squirrels and you know we've got flowers coming up Mm -hmm. they don't know that there's a virus right the flowers don't know there's a virus the birds don't know there's a virus the squirrels don't know that there's a virus but they're coming up and they're blooming and they look beautiful and the birds are thriving and the squirrels are thriving Mm. They don't even know, and therefore they're not even worried. Right. And God loves us more than they. Yeah. And so if we can just allow God to draw our focus and draw our attention off of the things that are around us and onto him, mm-hmm. it settles us. Right. And I've just been thinking about Amen. that. And yeah, I think that's what we have to do. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's it's... it's it's a reality mm-hmm. of what's taking place, but 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 God is a much bigger and a greater reality than than what is going on around us. Right, and when you when you really stop and think, you know, this type of thing, what is it really affecting? You know, in life, what is it really affecting? It's affecting everything man-made. Mm-hmm. You know, it's affecting, you know, the the institutions that we've created and the things that we've set up, the structures that we've set up, our, our way of life, 
that we've come to, you know, depend on and mm-hmm. and enjoy and and it it hinders some of those things. But in terms of in terms of, you know, living life and especially you know, in terms of our relationship with God and um, you know, the things that he has in store for us and where we're headed, absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. And again, I you know, like you said, I think I think, you know, we have to have the right right perspective. Um, we can't we can't lose sight of God. We can't lose sight of what God is doing. Um, I think that is another thing though that of why growing in the knowledge of God mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think you know we all have we all have a context of God, you know that we've we've developed in our hearts of of God, of who He is and what He's like and what He's about, right? Well, your context has to begin at the right place. You know, if your if your context begins in Genesis one, then I think I think you're very likely to be led to a, a wrong perspective of God and His heart and what He's about. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you begin, uh, if you look at passages like Second Timothy one nine, mm-hmm. it says God's purpose and grace were bestowed upon us through Christ before time began. You know, so before Genesis one. And in the heart of God, in the the heart of the of the Trinity, God as a Trinity, the Godhead, they predetermined this eternal plan of redemption that would be by grace and through Christ, and and so your context of God has to begin at that place, and which means that salvation and redemption um, has been the center of God's plans and purposes from eternity past and so that's what he's about and so everything he does you know the essence of who he is is love it says in first john 4 and so everything he does is is for the purpose of salvation and redemption and when you look at humanity and what we're like you know i mean begin at the beginning and go all the way through the old testament i mean where does man turn to god in the midst of joy and happiness and having all of his needs met, right. you know, never. Right. It's always in the midst of hardship and difficulty and trial and struggle. And, and so, you know, it's things like this that makes man, mankind desperate. You know, it's, it's, you know, pandemics and earthquakes and uh, hurricanes and, you know, things like that, that, that make man desperate that, and that makes man realize his need for God. And, and so you know, I think, you know, if you begin at the right place in your, of your context, in your context about, you know, who God is and what God's like, right. then I think you can, you know, you're more likely to be led to having a right perspective of, of what he's about and what's going on, you know, in, right. in this. And it's about, it's about salvation and redemption. Mm-hmm. It's about drawing people to himself. Um, I, don't, I don't believe it's about judgment. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I agree, and I think that, um, like it, like it says there in that <clears throat> verse twenty-six, are we not much more worthy than the birds and the uh, lilies of the field that God's going to provide for our needs? And you can read this, and but if you're not really like you're saying, fully aware, 
convinced and able to believe in the character and who God <clears> is, and that's going to fall short. Yep. Because that's you have to have to have that that full knowledge of God beginning before the before Genesis. Yeah. In order to fully believe that. Yeah. And I think about it like our kids. Like our kids, um, you know, my kids, our kids still live at home. You know, yours are moved out, and yet still they're your kids and your grandkids. You know, Henry and Calvin, they don't have any doubt that Rachel and I are going to provide for their needs. Right. I, I don't think they wake up in the morning and say... They actually expect it. They expect it. Yeah. Exactly right. Right. <laughs> uh, when I grow out of my pants, um, boy, I wonder if mom and dad are going to buy me a new pair of pants. Right. Um, when the bread runs low and the eggs run low and the peanut butter and jelly run low and whatever else, I wonder if, I wonder if they're going to go to the store and get us any more food. No, they just right. They they expect it and they automatically believe it, but the reason is because they're convinced and convicted mm. of our love for them right and our relationship with them mm. and therefore there's no doubt in their mind of our provisions for them yeah out of the relationship of love and our family yeah i think it's the same thing with us and god that we well we have to we have to have that relationship yep just so much so of the relationship with us and god and our family that we're so convinced and convicted and we expect him mm. to provide for our needs. Right. Now, obviously there's a difference between needs and wants and we all get that, but but here we're talking about the needs. Yeah. And that we're so convinced just like Henry and Calvin expect that and they're they don't they don't doubt because they know their relationship and the love mm. that we will not doubt and that we will expect God to provide for our needs because mm. of the relationship and the love. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great analogy. And and yet, you know, I, I mean, I can look back at my own life and, you know, through the years, not, you know, not having that kind of confidence in the heart of God. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think I doubted, you know, the ability of God, you know, what he's able to do. You know, I think I've always believed he can do anything. He's he spoke everything into existence. He can I mean, he has the power to do anything, but what will he do? That's right. the issue. You know, one is an issue of his power. The other is an issue of his heart. Right. You know, an issue of, of his kindness and goodness. And so I think our tendency is to much more doubt the goodness of God, the heart of God, than his ability. And and it's, you know, again, this is why, you know, in, in, in terms of, you know, the, our focus with the pastors and the church leaders that we're working with around the world, um, it's why our focus is what it is, you know, that it begins with focusing on God himself and who he is and what he's really like, because the reality is, is there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding in Christianity today and in, in regards to God and his heart and what he's about and what he's really like and what he's really after and what he really desires and and so you have that confusion about the heart of God mixed with our own fleshly desires, you know, of wanting what we want. Yeah, yeah. And, well, you know, it's just like, it's just like little kids. I mean, you know, sometimes you give little kids what they want. You know, you're able to give mm-hmm. them what they want, but a lot of times you're not able to give them what they want because what they want isn't good. It's not good for them. It's, 
you know, you're five minutes away from dinner and they want candy, you know, or yeah. things like that. And they don't understand the big picture. Right. Well, that's exactly how we are. You know, we are with, right. with life, with, and, yeah. and so God's doing the exact, exact same thing. Yeah. You know, we, we don't know the future. We mm-hmm. don't know what the future holds. Mm-hmm. God does, you know, right. and, and, you know, there's times he gives us what we want, but there's many times that he doesn't. Right. But it's never, it's never out of spite. It's never out of, well, I'm just going to sit back here and just see what you do, you know, and see how you act. And it's, yeah. it's never with that heart. It's never, you know, the essence of who he is is love. And so, right. and so it's just extremely important that, you know, we Christians become convinced of that. Yeah. That yeah. we become convinced of what he's really like and yeah. what he's really after, what he's really about. Right. And it's, you know, it's what we're, what we're trying to pass on to these pastors and church leaders so that they can pass it on to their, the people in their congregations right. and, and so that they can genuinely live the Christian life as a relationship right. and no longer as a religion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another, another passage that uh, has really has stood out to me over the last couple of years is First uh, Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, starting in verse 7, it says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And that little phrase, those who love him, that's just, a, that's just another way of referring to Christians. You know, who are the ones that love God? Mm-hmm. Christians. And so it's not, it's not, it's not saying some Christians. It's, it's, it's a reference to Christians. And, and so the things that he has in store for us, eye has never heard nor... Uh, eye has never seen, ear heard, nor has ever, ever entered in the heart of man. And mm-hmm. you just think... You know, from the day of Pentecost until now, how many millions of Christians have sat and contemplated what heaven is going to be like, and yet it's never entered the heart of man, Right. you know, that the things that God has in store for us. And, right. And so it's these kinds of perspectives of, of the heart of God and, and the hope that he has given us that I think becomes an anchor to our soul mm-hmm. in times like this, that mm-hmm. our hope isn't here, you know, okay, so... So the, so the virus passes, and we're able to go back to normal, and we have sports on again, and we have the NCAA tournament, and football is able to begin on time. And mm-hmm. So then what? Right. What do we have? I mean, we're still living in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. You know, our, mm-hmm. our hope still isn't here. Our hope is, you know, where right. we're headed in the place right. that he's prepared for us. And, yeah. And so... But then it goes on, and it's in that context of these things that God has in store for us that he gives us verse 12 that says, um, well, 11, for what, man, uh, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him, even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that we have been freely given or that have been freely given to us by God. Mm-hmm. 
it's in that context of all these things that God has in store for us, that God has given us in Christ, that where he's placed us, what he's made us as a new creation with a new identity and the, the place that he's preparing for us, that we have been given the spirit of God for the purpose of revealing these things to us. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exciting. Right, right. And that's, yeah. that's what we want to focus on. And that's, you know, what we seek to focus on with these guys so that, so that they can focus on these things with, with their, with their own congregations. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. and oftentimes, as we know, the greatest bit of growth can come through suffering. Yeah. And so here we are in this period of suffering and, and, and if, and if we can just be open to what it is that God is, is spiritually wanting to teach us, you know, during these times yep. and, you know, circle back around to our, um, you know, our FBC, you know, global family mm-hmm. and they're going through the same thing that we are, yeah. you know, they're, they're having lockdowns and they're having curfews yep. and specifically, Military walking through the streets yeah. and forcing, some of them said. The guys in Pakistan, yep. uh, one of their church leaders, Samson, his mom died um, just a couple of days ago, and, and um, you know, they're not going to be able to you know, go to the funeral, right. have a funeral. Right. That's the same thing that we would be experiencing here, yeah. and we are, yeah. we are experiencing here. And um, so circle back around to you know, just what's happening uh, globally where people can't, meet as a church and where there is shortage of mm. resources to uh, to buy food um, that that God would be communicating spiritually to our global family mm-hmm. to them in all these different places in the world you know, yeah. same thing that he is here with you and I personally but then also to our local body here and um, that we all be growing together yeah through it all right so if you were to summarize all this and uh, you know share with people what we what you would call the I don't know three or five um, most important prayer requests for the the guys that we're working with in their churches, what would they be? Well, I think that that God would provide their need. Yep. Because, like, like we said earlier, you know, we do have more of a reserve, so to speak, here in, in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are many people that are desperate. And so, um, you know, as we look at the Gospels, we see God, we see Jesus meeting physical needs, but then also yep. meeting spiritual needs. And many mm-hmm. times he met the physical need first. Right. And so I think... Um, there are a lot of physical needs that just simply need to be met yep. globally that we don't experience here in Winchester or here in the States. Not to say that people in the States aren't in dire need as well, yeah. but they're not nearly uh, in the state that people are in other places of the world. Mm-hmm. I think that would certainly be one that God would meet their physical need of just food so people can 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 have something to eat. Mm. But then I think too that that God would um, give the church leaders, the pastors that we work with, that many of you here in Winchester know because they've been here to visit, that God would give them the uh, uh, opportunities and the platform to communicate, mm-hmm. to use this as an opportunity to shepherd, 
um, you know, creatively and, and to, 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 whether it's through uh, phone calls or, or whether it's through some sort of <coughs> online platform that mm. God would open up aver- avenues for, for, you know, the church leaders and the pastors to, to communicate. Um, and then I think as well, I just, I just trust God that he will just even ways beyond we can think that he would divinely communicate himself to people yep. above and beyond what hmm. platforms and avenues um, the pastors and church leaders are able to do, hmm. that he would just show himself strong in people's lives. And, and as it says in John, that you know, the Holy Spirit would bring things to remembrance mm-hmm. and therefore uh, divinely and, uh, and miraculously led by the Spirit cause people to rely upon Him mm-hmm. and therefore spiritually grow through their trial. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, I think that's kind of where I would, yeah. I would land. Yeah. What about, do you have any, what about you? Anything to add to that? Yeah, just um, other I, yeah, definitely those things. But then also, um, I was thinking just the um, uh, the opportunity for churches to, you know, reach the lost in their communities. Yeah. You know that um, that yeah, there's definitely the needs of the people within the church that need to be met. But then this also provides great opportunity for the church as a body to, you know, point unbelievers in your community to the truth, mm-hmm. you know, to God and who God is and what God's about mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. And and I'm not talking about, you know, the standing on the street corner and, you know, this is the judgment of God and turn or burn and, you know, right. that type of message. But, um, you know, really, really um, seeking to highlight the heart of God and, you know, that, that God's, you know, God's plan was never for, you know, man to live for eternity in a fallen world. I mean, proof of that is putting the flaming sword in the cherubim at the in the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. after he uh, removed Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. so that they couldn't return and eat from the tree of life and remain in that fallen condition for right. eternity. Right. Because um, that's it's not his plan and purpose. His plan and purpose is, you know, one day bring about the new heavens and the new earth and which righteousness yeah. dwells, it says in Second Peter. You know, and that day, when that day comes, we'll have new heavenly bodies with no indwelling sin, yeah. no sickness, sorrow, death, mm-hmm. no virus ever again, no, mm-hmm. you know, none of these things. And these are the great plans and things that God has in store for, you know, those that accept Christ as their Savior. And, right. and so to me, that's what the message, you know, should be about. And, and so just pray that... You know, God would give believers, give churches all around the world, mm-hmm. you know, the opportunity to communicate that message to to unbelievers, yeah. and that and that He'd be, you know, using the the current circumstances and hardships and the trials that come from it as a means of preparing people's hearts right. to hear and and believe that message. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So. We'll um, continue to keep contact with yeah. these guys, and as we're as we receive stories and mm-hmm. testimonies of things that God is doing in and through them, mm-hmm. um, we'll yeah. we'll continue to share these things on the po- on the podcast mm-hmm. with folks. And one thing that 
we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and this wanted to mention is that if people are listening and they have particular questions uh, mm. relating to uh, FBC missions or missions in general, or yeah. if you have, um, yeah, just any particular questions, um, feel free to email either, e- either one of us. Yep. And um, Absolutely. we'll be happy to um, answer those questions uh, on the podcast. And mm-hmm. if there's not, that's fine. Yeah. But we just at least wanted to open up and give give everybody the the opportunity to uh, just just pose their questions. Yeah. And so uh, my email is jim j i m p at fbcva.org. That's uh, yeah. And mine's Scott M. S C O T T M at fbcva.org. Yeah, I did receive a text the or an um, email the other day from someone who was asking, you know, specifically asking about how the virus is affecting, yeah. you know, some of the places that we're working with around the world. And right. I told them in a in a few days we're going to be meeting with the um, everybody via Zoom, and and then we would kind of share an update on the podcast. And so, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that um, everybody around the world. Uh, globally would appreciate your prayers absolutely and we know that a lot of people of our global family listen to this and so um again we're a family yeah we're in this together we're not in this individually in our local church or in our uh, country but we're in this as a global family and so we can be uh, praying for each other and just lifting each other up and and uh, and encouraging encouraging each other um through Prayer and, and through communication as, as we have the as as we have the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, wanna thank you all for listening and um, Lord willing we will um, share another episode episode next week and have some more updates and testimonies and stories. Sounds thank good. You. Well, welcome to the Global Church Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Jim. And uh, it's been a while since we've been together. Yep. Yep. A lot has gone on since we were together last time. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, not only, uh, you know, here in Winchester, but obviously globally, you know, what's taking place around the world, and there's uh, tons of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so the uh, what we wanted to do in the focus of this podcast, um, as everybody knows, <clears throat> we're all on in uh, lockdown because of COVID nineteen, and and um, we've had to cut cut out all of our trips and and that kind of thing. And so um, we've gone to the next best thing and and uh, started to use Zoom. Yep. And uh, two days ago, we had a. A what we called kind of a online global conference where we got together via Zoom uh, with uh, 25 to 30 of the uh, various pastors that we work with around the world just to touch base with them and see how they're doing, how their churches are doing, how their countries are being affected. And yeah, a lot of people were <clears throat> able to join us 
most of the folks were able to join us. Not everybody. Uh, some were able to just listen in. They weren't necessarily able to, you know, speak and contribute. Uh, uh, varied on their uh, Wi-Fi uh, access and accessibility in their particular location. But yeah, it was good. It was we were able to connect with with a good number of people. Yeah, and it uh, and afterwards we got a lot of feedback from them that uh, they were very encouraged with the opportunity. Because um, if you're not familiar familiar with how Zoom works. Um, you, I mean, you can see everybody, you, you know, everybody's got a little square, kind of looks like the old Hollywood squares, uh, game show that used to be on TV. <laughs> right. And, uh, and you got, you know, all these, all these people there. And, and so they could, you know, they could see each other and hear, hear each other and talk to each other. And one thing and, they couldn't do was pass germs. Right. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> they yeah. couldn't pass germs to each other. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a, it was a really good time. And, and, um, and really something we need to continue on with would really like to right. even when things get back to normal sure. um, yeah. it's a it's a really good way of just staying connected in between trips and that kind of thing and yeah and uh so so what were some of the <clears throat> some of the things scott that really um uh, communicated to you or what kind of what overall what was what was the state of the works um the various locations that were you know, that we're working in and all, you know, talking about three different continents. Um, you know, we were, we had people on from Asia and Africa, Latin America, South America. Right. So yeah, was there, was there a common theme that kind of wove throughout all the, all the Yeah, locations? there were a couple. Um, one was, um, you know, the, the, the works that are located in, um, higher, uh, concentration of populated areas, um, definitely have the most restrictions um you have some places that they were um you know told not to leave not to leave their homes um and then the ones that are more rural more tribal uh like some of the pocot places you know their churches are some of them are way out in the mountains um way out in you know like east pocot it's you know they're they're i mean they're just way out in the wilderness um mm -hmm. and those places i don't think it's really affecting them a lot mm -hmm. um at all um they're they're pretty isolated they're way out away from things you know unless unless they need to go into town for something right. you know then it's a different story but in terms of you know remaining in their houses in their villages and you know i don't think any of them are really needing to do that or doing any of that um right. just because of their isolation right um and so that was really interesting um just you know from location to location just the difference of the context um kind of determined the the difference in lockdown even like talking with victor who's from guadalajara and then fernando navarro who's from chiapas way down mm -hmm. south um just even Within the within the same country in Mexico, different regulations. Um, Victor in Victor's area, things were a lot more strict than in Fernando's area, right? And uh, so that was interesting. But I think the thing I think the thing that stood out to me the most um, that I hadn't thought of um, 
is that you have you have a lot of these places. You know, they're obviously uh, just in terms of the society a lot poorer than you know here in America or in the West. Mm-hmm. And in many <clears throat> many of the locations, the people in the churches are living pretty much day to day, hand to mouth. Some places, and to tell people that are living in that context that they can't leave their homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's dire. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, we at least have freezers, you know, full of meat and, mm-hmm. you know, food and, yeah. and, and, uh, and ha- often, you know, have a surplus and, and, uh, and, but a lot of these, a lot of these other places, they're not able to do that, and they don't, right. they don't do that, and right. they live day to day, hand to mouth, and so when they're told they can't leave, they can't work, they right. can't, they can't leave their homes. Uh, I mean, they have to. It's not just going to the fridge and getting food for the day. It's right. you know they have to go out somewhere, and and so what do they do? And and so I think it's a lot. It's uh, a, a lot more difficult for for others than it is for us. Yeah, William <clears throat> said specifically that, you know, people in his area are saying that they would rather go out and run the risk of getting the virus as opposed to sit at home with their uh, family and children and starve to death. Right. And so when you hear hear things like that, yep, that's uh, it's very hard to hear. Yeah, that's serious. Yep. Yeah, yeah then there's... Uh, it, um, I don't know if, you know, the African countries are just behind the other countries, if it's, you know, going to spread there like it has in Europe and other places, but, or if it's because of the weather. I know viruses, you know, generally don't tend to do that well in hotter climates, mm-hmm. and, and uh, or if that's the case, but like the Boons in Zambia, they said right now there's only two known cases right. uh, in their country. The Malawi guys said they didn't know of any. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, but, but yet still their countries are, are following suit and instilling some regulations to, which I think is good to catch it before it really spreads. And, and, um, yeah, Cedric had been in Malawi because, you know, we were planning to go over, you and I were planning to go over to. Malawi to be a part of that conference and so we did not go mm. but Cedric went uh, who was in South Africa so he went to Malawi spent the time with those guys through first Corinthians and and then on into first Timothy and um, and then he got back to South Africa on Sunday night I believe right. which was just um, just in time before they started to really shut things down in South Africa and so he said that he was very thankful to the Lord because, in a sense, he made it back just in time before South Africa started to shut things down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, too, that was that they weren't on the call, uh, but this morning we got an email from Pete and Carolyn mm-hmm. that they were uh, scheduled to come back um, in late April for their son's graduation. In May, right. In May. Yeah. And they were going to be here for three months. And so <clears throat> there's 20 cases now in Togo, hmm. where we were uh, back in January, February. Right. And so um, they're actually going to try to get on a flight Sunday hmm. and get home uh, 
earlier before they, or they can't the risk, leave yeah. before they run the risk of Togo shutting down the airport and um, yeah. so we can you know obviously we'll be prayerfully depending upon the Lord for all these people and locations and we can put them on the list as well hopefully they can get out of Togo on Sunday yeah yeah that was the other thing that, that some of them did say was that their their countries have closed their borders mm-hmm. and they're not not accepting people in from other countries um some of them can still travel within their country, some, but uh, but they've closed their borders to uh, coming in from other countries. Right, right. Yeah, so, um, and then all of them are, yeah, then we also talked about um, how are they continuing on as, as a church, how are they continuing on in their ministries, Um just to get a feel for, you know, what they're able to do and what they're not able to do. Um, not everybody, you know, are located in locations, you know, where they have access to Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And so, um, and then, you know, really to you to be able to use um, apps like Zoom effectively, you really have to pay for the licensing. Just the free version doesn't, you know... You're limited to the number of, of participants, mm-hmm. um, and then you can only use it for 40 minutes at a time. And and uh, so to really use it effectively you know, with a larger number of people and for longer than 40 minutes, you have to you have to pay for the subscription. So right. many of them <clears throat> they're not <clears throat> they're not able to do that. Um, even if they were, not everybody in their congregations have Wi-Fi, so right. they wouldn't even be able to use it to reach everybody in their right. congregation. So ones that um, uh, have access to Wi-Fi and internet, and some, you know, a lot of the people in their congregations do, they they were pre-recording, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like we were doing here at FBC, mm-hmm. pre-recording uh, the message, posting it on Facebook. Um, yeah, I know I know the guys in Hosler did that. Right. Um, <clears throat> Saji and Augustine did that yep. and actually put that up on YouTube so that we could watch it. The guys and, in Guadalajara did that as yeah, well. Juan did that yep. in Cuenca and maybe some others. But again, the key thing there is to have good Wi-Fi. Yeah, and then the people in your church having access right. to it as well. Exactly. Um, and so then others who were in locations where they didn't have that access or the large portion of their congregation didn't um they're resorting to cell phone mm-hmm. and making phone calls and right. calling people and you know seeking to encourage them and 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 uh, things like that which is you know definitely a lot more difficult and but yet still very needed right um, you know, people are at different places in terms of their view of God and their understanding of what God is doing and how God works. And and I think there's a lot of confusion that exists out there, you know, in the hearts of people when a crisis like this hits. Right. You know, what it's really about. And, and a lot of times fear and anxiety and uncertainty. And and so it's it's really important for, you know, these guys to be able to keep in contact with their with their people mm-hmm. and keep point pointing them in the right direction and right. and uh, pointing them to Christ and and uh, I think you know 
from what we've heard from them, they're all seeking to do that and right. recognize the importance of that. And right, yeah. We as a um, we as a missions committee, uh, we meet next week, and um, and so we're going to be discussing uh, ways that we can be more of a help. Um, you know, the, some of these places that um, you know where the people aren't able to go out and work. Um, and they're living day to day, right? You know, maybe we could um, send a, a financial gift to the mm-hmm. church that could be used to, you know, help people buy food and right. things that they need uh, when they're not able to go work and right. that kind of thing. So um, we're going to be talking about that and praying about that sure. as a as a committee. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for us <clears throat> to. Um, get our minds around some of the areas of poverty. And it's even, even when things are going well for these areas, it's hard for us to get our minds around the poverty. Um, They, many, many, many places don't have the means to uh, support their pastor. Right. And if they bring an offering, sometimes it's a bag of rice or some food, some corn, um, something like that that they contribute in terms of an offering yeah. on a on a Sunday or whatever day they meet, mm-hmm. and um, and so and that's that's on that's when things are going well, mm. and so when things are in you know are, are in a period of suffering like they are now for everybody, mm. it's it, it's even more difficult to get our minds around. The degree of poverty and the um, lack of ability to, like you said, not even have a day's work, to take that day's work and go to the market and buy some food. Um, but you know, at the same time, God's faithful, right? And so, and so we have to we have to just remind ourselves that um, none of this has caught God by surprise, mm. and God knew this. Uh, from the beginning of time, and uh, I just thought I'd read something out of Matthew 6 that I've been thinking about for about two weeks now, I guess, as things started to unfold, and I wrote it, I I communicated it with everybody, our global family, Mm. uh, through WhatsApp Mm -hmm. last week, but I thought there will be more listeners here today, um, or whenever people are listening, that might not have uh, read it on WhatsApp, so... I just thought I'd, I'd read through this in Matthew 6, uh, verses 25 through 34, and it says, it says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about, what your, about, about your life, as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that they... That they I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. 
But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I've just been thinking about that. Uh, verse 26, it says, Look at the birds of the air, and they, they don't sow, nor do they reap, nor do they gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father provides for them. Um are we not much more worthy than they are? So essentially, doesn't God love us much more than he loves the birds? Hmm. You know, and the, and uh, so I've, I've thought about that probably every day for the past number of weeks, that, that, you know, the birds and the squirrels and, you know, we've got flowers coming up. Mm-hmm. They don't know that there's a virus. Right. The flowers don't know there's a virus. <clears throat> the birds don't know there's a virus. The squirrels don't know that there's a virus. But they're coming up and they're blooming and they look beautiful. And the birds are thriving and the squirrels are thriving. Mm. They don't even know and therefore they're not even worried. Right. And God loves us more than they. Yeah. And so if we can just allow God to draw our focus and draw our attention off of the things that are around us onto him it settles us right and i've just been thinking about Amen. that and yeah i think that's what we have to do i mm-hmm. mean it's 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 a reality mm-hmm. of what's taking place but 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 god is a much bigger and a greater reality than than what is going on around us. Right. And when you <clears throat> when you really stop and think, you know, this type of thing, what is it really affecting? You know, in life, what is it really affecting? It's affecting everything man-made. Mm-hmm. You know, it's affecting, you know, the, the institutions that we've created and the things that we've set up, the structures that we've set up, our, our way of life that we've come to, you know, depend on mm-hmm. and, and enjoy and... And it it hinders some of those things, but in terms of in terms of you know living life, and especially you know in terms of our relationship with God, and um, you know the things that He has in store for us, and where we're headed, absolutely nothing, nothing at all. And again, I you know like you said, I think I think you know we have to have the right right perspective. Um, we can't. We can't lose sight of God. We can't lose sight of what God is doing. Um, I think that is another thing, though, that of why growing in the knowledge of God mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think, you know, we all have we all have a context of God. You know that we've we've developed in our hearts of of God, of who He is and what He's like and what He's about. Right. Well. Your context has to begin at the right place. You know, if your if your context begins in Genesis one, then I think I think you're very likely to be 
led to a, a wrong perspective of God and his heart and what he's about. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you begin, uh, if you look at passages like 2 Timothy 1.9, mm-hmm. it says God's purpose and grace were bestowed upon us through Christ before time began. You know, so before Genesis 1, in, in the heart of God, in the, the heart of the, of the Trinity, God as a Trinity, the Godhead, they predetermined this eternal plan of redemption that would be by grace and through Christ. And, and so your context of God has to begin at that place, and which means that salvation and redemption um, has been the center of God's plans and purposes from eternity past. And so that's what he's about. And so everything he does, you know, the essence of who he is is love, it says in 1 John 4. And so everything he does is is for the purpose of salvation and redemption. And when you look at humanity and what we're like, you know, I mean, begin at the beginning and go all the right. way through the Old Testament. I mean, where does man turn to God in the midst of joy and happiness and having all of his needs met? Right. You know, never. Right. It's always in the midst of hardship and difficulty and trial and struggle. And, and so... You know, it's things like this that makes man mankind desperate. You know, it's it's you know pandemics and earthquakes and uh, hurricanes and you know things like that 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 make man desperate that and that makes man realize his need for God. And and so you know, I think you know if you begin at the right place in your of your context in your context about you know who God is and what God's like. Right then I think you can, you know, you're more likely to be led to having a right perspective of, of what he's about and what's going on, you know, in, right. in this. And it's about, it's about salvation and redemption. It's about drawing people to himself. Um, I, don't, I don't believe it's about judgment. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I agree. And I think that, um, like, it, like it says there in that... <clears throat> Verse 26, are we not much more worthy than the birds and the uh, lilies of the field that God's going to provide for our needs? And you can read this, and but if you're not really, like you're saying, fully aware, convinced, and able to believe in the character and who God <clears> is, <throat> and that's going to fall short. Yep. Because that's you have to have to have that that full knowledge of God beginning before the before Genesis. Yeah. In order to fully believe that. Yeah. And I think about it like our kids. Like our kids, um, you know, my kids, our kids still live at home. You know, yours are moved out, and yet still they're your kids and your grandkids. You know, Henry and Calvin, they don't have any doubt that Rachel and I are going to provide for their needs. Right. I, I don't think they wake up in the morning and say, they actually expect it. They expect it. Yeah. Exactly right. Right. <laughs> uh, when I grow out of my pants, um, boy, I wonder if mom and dad are going to buy me a new pair of pants. Right. Um, when the bread runs low and the eggs run low and the peanut butter and jelly run low and whatever else, I wonder if, I wonder if they're going to go to the store and get us any more food. No, they just right. They they expect it and they automatically believe it, but the reason is because they're convinced and convicted mm. of our love for them right and our relationship with them mm. and therefore there's no doubt in their mind of 
our provisions for them yeah. out of the relationship of love and our family. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with us and God. That we, well, we have to, we have to have that relationship. Yep. Just so much so of the relationship with us and God and our family that we're so convinced and convicted and we expect him mm. to provide for our needs. Right. Now, obviously there's a difference between needs and wants and we all get that, but, but here we're talking about the needs. Yeah. And that we're so convinced, just like Henry and Calvin expect that they're, they, don't, they don't doubt because they know their relationship and the love, mm. that we will not doubt and that we will expect God to provide for our needs because mm. of the relationship and the love. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great analogy. And, and yet, you know, I, I mean, I can look back at my own life and, you know, through the years, not, you know, not having that kind of confidence in the heart of God. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think... I don't think I doubted, you know, the ability of God, you know, what he's able to do. You know, I think I've always believed he can do anything. He's, he spoke everything into existence. He can, I mean, he has the power to do anything, but what will he do? That's right. the issue. You know, one is an issue of his power. The other is an issue of his heart. Right. You know, an issue of, of his kindness and goodness. And so... I think our tendency is to much more doubt the goodness of God, the heart of God, than his ability. And, and it's, you know, again, this is why, you know, in, in, in terms of, you know, the, our focus with the pastors and the church leaders that we're working with around the world, um, it's why our focus is what it is, you know, that it begins with focusing on God himself and who he is and what he's really like, because the reality is, is there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding in Christianity today, and in in regards to God and His heart and what He's about and what He's really like and what He's really after and what He really desires, and and so you have that confusion about the heart of God mixed with our own fleshly desires, you know, of wanting what we want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, you know, it's just like it's just like little kids. I mean. You know, sometimes you give little kids what they want. You know, you're able to give mm-hmm. them what they want, but a lot of times you're not able to give them what they want because what they want isn't good. It's not good for them. It's, you know, you're five minutes away from dinner and they want candy, you know, or yeah. things like that, and they don't understand the big picture. Right. Well, that's exactly how we are. You know, we are with right. with life. with and, yeah. and so God's doing the exact, exact same thing. Yeah. You know, we... We don't know the future. We mm-hmm. don't know what the future holds. Mm-hmm. God does, you know, right. and, and you know, there's times he gives us what we want, but there's many times that he doesn't. Right. But it's never, it's never out of spite. It's never out of, well, I'm just going to sit back here and just see what you do, you know, and see how you act. And it's, yeah. it's never with that heart. It's never, you know, the essence of who he is is love. And so, right. and so it's just extremely important that... You know, we Christians become convinced of that. Yeah. That yeah. we become convinced of what he's really like and yeah. what he's really after, what he's really about. Right. And it's you know, it's what we're what we're trying to pass on to these pastors and church leaders so that they can pass it on to their the people in their congregations right. and and so that they can genuinely live the Christian life as a relationship. Right. And no longer as a religion. Yeah. Yeah. Um Another 
another passage that uh, has really has stood out to me over the last couple of years is First uh, Corinthians chapter two, uh, starting in verse seven. It says, "But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained bef- before the ages for our glory." which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And that little phrase, those who love him, that's just, a, that's just another way of referring to Christians. You know, who are the ones that love God? Mm-hmm. Christians. And so it's not, it's not, it's not, saying some Christians. It's, it's, it's a reference to Christians. And, and so the things that he has in store for us, eye has never heard nor... Uh, eye, hasn't seen. eye has never seen, ear heard, nor has ever, ever entered in the heart of man. And mm-hmm. you just think, you know, from the day of Pentecost until now, how many millions of Christians have sat and contemplated what heaven is going to be like? And yet, it's never entered the heart of man. Right. You know that the things that God has in store for us. And, right. And so it's these kinds of perspectives of of the heart of God and and the hope that He has given us that I think becomes an anchor to our soul in mm-hmm. times like this. That mm-hmm. our hope isn't here. You know. Okay. So so the so the virus passes and we're able to go back to normal and we have sports on again and we have the NCAA tournament and football is able to begin on time and mm-hmm. so then what right. what do we have i mean we're still living in a fallen world mm-hmm. you know our, mm-hmm. our hope still isn't here our hope is you know where right. we're headed in the place right. that he's prepared for us and yeah and so but then it goes on, and it's in that context of these things that God has in store for us that he gives us verse 12 that says, um, well, 11, for what, man, uh, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him, even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that we have been freely given or that have been freely given to us by God mm-hmm. it's in that context of all these things that God has in store for us that God has given us in Christ that where he's placed us what he's made us as a new creation with a new identity and the the place that he's preparing for us that we have been given the spirit of God for the purpose of revealing these things to us yeah I mean that's that's exciting right right and that's yeah. That's what we want to focus on, and that's you know what we seek to focus on with these guys, so that so that they can focus on these things with with their with their own congregations. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. and oftentimes, as we know, the greatest bit of growth can come through suffering. Yeah. And so here we are in this period of suffering, and 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 if and if we can just be open to what it is that God is, is spiritually wanting to teach us, you know, during these times yep. and, you know, circle back around to our, um, you know, our FBC, you know, global family mm-hmm. and they're going through the same thing that we are. Yeah. You know, they're, they're having lockdowns and they're having curfews yep. and specifically military walking through the streets yeah. and forcing some of them said the guys in Pakistan yep. uh, one of their church leaders Samson his mom died 
um, just a couple of days ago, and and um, you know they're not going to be able to you know go to the funeral, right? Have a funeral, right? That's the same thing that we would be experiencing here, yeah. And we are, yeah. we are experiencing here, and um, so circle back around to you know just what's happening uh, globally, where people can't meet as a church, and where there is shortage of mm. resources to uh, to buy food, um, that. That God would be communicating spiritually to our global family, mm-hmm. to them in all these different places in the world. Yeah. The same thing that He is here with you and I personally, but then also to our local body here, and um, that we all be growing together yeah. through it all. Right. So, if you were to summarize all this and uh, you know share with people what we what you would call the I don't know three or five um, most important prayer requests for the the guys that we're working with in their churches, what would they be? Well, I think that that God would provide their need. Yep. Um, because like like we said earlier, you know, we do have more of a reserve, so to speak, here in in the states, mm-hmm. um, so there are many people that are desperate, and so um, you know, as we look at the gospels, we see God, we see Jesus meeting physical needs, but then also yep. meeting spiritual needs, and many mm-hmm. times He met the physical need first, right? And so I think um, there are a lot of physical needs that just simply need to be met, yep. globally, that we don't experience here in Winchester or. Here in the states, not to say that people in the states aren't in dire need as well, yeah, but they're not nearly uh, in the state that people are in other places of the world. Mm-hmm. I think that would certainly be one that God would meet their physical need of just food, so people can 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 have something to eat. Mm. But then I think too that that God would um, give the church leaders, the pastors that we work with that many of you here in Winchester know because they've been here to visit, that God would give them the uh, uh, opportunities and the platform to communicate, to mm-hmm. use this as an opportunity to shepherd, um, you know, creatively, and, and to, 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 whether it's through uh, phone calls or, or whether it's through some <laughs> sort of online platform, that mm-hmm. God would open up aver- avenues for, for, you know, the church leaders and the pastors to to communicate um and then i think as well i just i just trust god that he will just even ways beyond we can think that he would divinely communicate himself to people yep above and beyond what Hmm. platforms and avenues um the pastors and church leaders are able to do Hmm. that he would just show himself strong and people's lives and and as it says in john that you know the holy spirit would bring things to remembrance mm-hmm. and therefore uh, divinely and, uh, and miraculously led by the spirit cause people to rely upon him mm. and therefore spiritually grow through their trial mm-hmm. so yeah it's i think that's kind of where i would yeah would land yeah what about do you have any what about you? Anything to add to that? Yeah, just um, other, uh, I, th- yeah, definitely those things. But then also, 
um, I was thinking just the um, uh, the opportunity for churches to, you know, reach the lost in their communities. Yeah. You know that um, that yeah, there's definitely the needs of the people within the church that need to be met, but then this also provides great opportunity for the church as a body to, you know, point unbelievers in your community to the truth, mm-hmm. you know, to God and who God is and what God's about mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. And and I'm not talking about, you know, the standing on the street corner and, you know, this is the judgment of God and turn or burn and, you know, right. that type of message. But, um, you know, really, really um, seeking to highlight the heart of God and, you know, that, that God's, you know, God's plan was never for, you know, man to live for eternity in a fallen world. I mean, proof of that is putting the flaming sword in the cherubim at the, in the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. after he uh, removed Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. so that they couldn't return and eat from the tree of life and remain in that fallen condition for right. eternity. right. Because um, that's it's not his plan and purpose. His plan and purpose is, you know, one day bring about the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness yeah. dwells, it says in Second Peter. You know, and that day, when that day comes, we'll have new heavenly bodies with no indwelling sin, yeah. no sickness, sorrow, death, mm-hmm. no virus ever again, no, mm-hmm. you know, none of these things. And these are the great plans and things that God has in store for, you know, those that accept Christ as their Savior. And right. And so to me, that's what the message, you know, should be about. And, and so just pray that, you know, God would give believers, give churches all around the world, mm-hmm. you know, the opportunity to communicate that message to, to unbelievers yeah. and, that, and that he'd be, you know, using the, the current circumstances and hardships and the trials that come from it as a means of preparing people's hearts right. to hear and, and believe that message. Right. Yeah, so we'll um, continue to keep contact with yeah. these guys, and as we're as we receive stories and mm-hmm. testimonies of things that God is doing in and through them, mm-hmm. um, we'll yeah. we'll continue to share these things on the po- on the podcast mm-hmm. with folks. And one thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and just wanted to mention, is that if people are listening and they have particular questions uh, mm. relating to uh, FBC missions or missions in general, or yeah. if you have, um, yeah, just any particular questions, um, feel free to email either, e- either one of us Yep. and, um, Absolutely. we'll be happy to, um, answer those questions uh, on the podcast. And mm-hmm. if there's not, that's fine. Yeah. But we just at least wanted to open up and give, give everybody the, the opportunity to, uh, just, just pose their questions. Yeah. And so uh, my email is jim, J-I-M-P, at fbcva.org. That's, uh, yeah, and mine's Scott M, S-C-O-T-T-M, at fbcva.org. Yeah. So. Yeah, I did receive a text the, or an email the other day from someone who was asking, you know, specifically asking about how the virus is affecting, yeah. you know, some of the places that we're working with around the world. Right. I told them in a in a few days we we're going to be meeting with the um, everybody via Zoom and and then we would kind of share an update on the podcast and so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I know that um, 
everybody around the world uh, globally would appreciate your prayers. Absolutely. And we know that a lot of people of our global family listen to this. And so, mm. um, again, we're a family. Yeah. We're in this together. We're not in this individually in our local church or in our mm. uh, country, but we're in this as a global family. And so we can be uh, praying for each other and just lifting each other up and, and, uh, and encouraging, encouraging each other um, through prayer and, and through communication as, as, we have the, as, as we have the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for listening. And um, Lord willing, we will um, share another episode next week and have some more updates and testimonies and stories. Sounds good. Well, welcome to the Global Church Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Jim. And uh, it's been a while since we've been together. Yep. Yep. A lot has gone on since we were together last time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, not only, uh, you know, here in Winchester, but obviously globally, you know, what's taking place around the world, and there's uh, tons of stuff going on. Yeah. And so the uh, what we wanted to do in the focus of this podcast, um, as everybody knows, <clears throat> we're all on in uh, lockdown because of COVID nineteen, and and um, we've had to cut cut out all of our trips and and that kind of thing. And so um, we've gone to the next best thing and and uh, started to use Zoom. Yep. And uh, two days ago, we had a a what we called kind of a online global conference where we got together via zoom uh, with uh, 25 to 30 of the uh, various pastors that we work with around the world just to touch base with them and see how they're doing how their churches are doing how their countries are being affected and yeah a lot of people were <clears throat> able to join us uh, most of the folks were able to join us not everybody uh, some were able to just listen in. They weren't necessarily able to, you know, speak and contribute. Uh, uh, varied on their uh, Wi-Fi uh, access and accessibility in their particular location. But yeah, it was good. It was we were able to connect with with a good number of people. Yeah, and it uh, and afterwards we got a lot of feedback from them that uh, they were very encouraged with the opportunity. Um, because if you're not familiar familiar with how Zoom works, um, you I mean you can see everybody. You you know everybody's got a little square. Kind of looks like the old Hollywood Squares uh, game show that used to be on TV. <laughs> right. And uh, and you got you know all these all these people there, and, and so they could you know they could see each other and hear hear each other and talk to each other. And one thing and, they couldn't do was pass germs. Right. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> they yeah. couldn't pass germs to each other. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a it was a really good time and and um, and really something we need to continue on with. Would really like to, right. even when things get back to normal. Sure, um, yeah. it's a it's a really good way of just staying connected in between trips and that kind of thing. And yeah, and uh, so so what were some of the 
some of the things, Scott, that really um, uh, communicated to you, or what kind of what overall what was what was the state of the works, um, the various locations that were you know that we're working in, and all you know talking about three different continents. Um, you know, we were we had people on from Asia, Africa, Latin America, South America. Right. So yeah, was there. Was there a common theme that kind of wove throughout all the, all the Yeah, locations? there were a couple. Um, one was, um, you know, the, the, the works that are located in um, higher uh, concentration of populated areas um, definitely have, have the most restrictions. Um, you have some places that they were, um, you know, told not to leap not to leave their homes. Um, and then the ones that are more rural, more tribal, uh, like some of the Pocot places, you know, their churches are, some of them are way out in the mountains, um, way out in, you know, like East Pocot, it's, you know, they're, they're I mean, they're just way out in the wilderness. Um, and those places, I don't think it's really affecting them a lot um, at all. Um, they're, they're pretty isolated. They're way out away from things, you know, unless, unless they need to go into town for something, right. you know, then it's a different story. But in terms of, you know, remaining in their houses, in their villages, and, you know, I don't think any of them are really needing to do that or doing any of that, um, right. just because of their isolation. Right. Um, and so that was really interesting, um, just, you know, from location to location, just the difference of the context um, kind of determined the, the difference in lockdown. Even like talking with Victor, who's it, from Guadalajara, and then Fernando Navarro, who's from Chiapas, way down mm -hmm. south, um, just even within the, within the same country in Mexico, different regulations. Um, Victor, in Victor's area, things were a lot more strict than in Fernando's area. Right. And, uh, so that was interesting, but I think the thing, I think the thing that stood out to me the most, um, that I hadn't thought of, um, is that you have, you have a lot of these places, you know, they're obviously, uh, just in terms of the society, a lot poorer than, you know, here in America or in the West. Mm -hmm. And in many, <clears throat> many of the locations, the people in the churches are living pretty much day to day. Um, hand to mouth some places and to tell people that are living in that context that they can't leave their homes mm -hmm. uh, I mean that's dire mm -hmm. you know that's you know we at least have freezers you know full of meat and mm -hmm. you know food and yeah and and uh, and ha often you know have a surplus and and uh, and but a lot of these, a lot of these other places, they're not able to do that, and they don't, right. they don't do that, and they right. live day to day, hand to mouth, and so when they're told they can't leave, they can't work, they right. can't, they can't leave their homes. Uh, I mean, they have to. It's not just going to the fridge and getting food for the day. It's right. you know they have to go out somewhere, and and so what do they do? And and so I think it's a lot, it's uh, a, a lot more difficult for for others than it is for us. Yeah, William <clears throat> said specifically that, you know, people in his area are saying that they would rather go out and run the risk of getting 
the virus as opposed to sit at home with their uh, family and children and starve to death. Right. And so when you hear hear things like that, yep, that's uh, very hard to hear. Yeah, that's serious. Yep. Yeah. yeah then there's uh, it. Um, I don't know if you know the African countries are just behind the other countries if it's you know going to spread there like it has in Europe and other places, but. Or if it's because of the weather, I know viruses, you know, generally don't tend to do that well in hotter climates, mm-hmm. and and uh, or if that's the case. But like the Boons in Zambia, they said right now there's only two known cases right. uh, in their country. The Malawi guy said they didn't know of any, mm-hmm. um, and so that was. But but yet still, their countries are are following suit and. Instilling some regulations to, right. which I think is good precautions to, in place. yeah, catch it before it really spreads right. and and uh, yeah, Cedric had been in Malawi because you know we were planning to go over. You and I were planning to go over to Malawi to be a part of that conference, and so we did not go. Mm. But Cedric went, uh, who was in South Africa, so he went to Malawi spent the time with those guys through first Corinthians and, and then on into first Timothy. And, um, and then he got back to South Africa on Sunday night, I believe, right. which was just, um, just in time before they started to really shut things down in South Africa. And so he said that he was very thankful to the Lord because in a sense he made it back just in time before South Africa started to, shut things down right yeah yeah one thing too that was that they weren't on the call uh, but this morning we got an email from pete and carolyn mm-hmm. that they were uh scheduled to come back um in late april for their son's graduation in may right in may yeah and they were going to be here for three months and so <clears throat> there's 20 cases now in togo mm. where we were uh, back in january february right. And so um, they're actually going to try to get on a flight Sunday hmm. and get home uh, earlier before they, or they the can't risk, leave. Yeah. Before they run the risk of Togo shutting down the airport, and um, yeah. so we can, you know, obviously we'll be prayerfully depending upon the Lord for all these people and locations, and we can put them on the list as well. Hopefully, they can get out of Togo on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, it was the other thing that that some of them did say was that their their countries have closed their borders, mm-hmm. and they're not not accepting people in from other countries. Um, some of them can still travel within their country, some, but uh, but they've closed their borders to uh, coming in from other countries. Right, right. Yeah. So um, and then. All of them are, yeah, then we also talked about um, how are they continuing on as, as a church, how are they continuing on in their ministries, um, just to get a feel for, you know, what they're able to do and what they're not able to do. Um, not everybody, you know, are located in locations, you know, where they have access to Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And so, um, and then, you know, really to you to be able to use... Um, apps like zoom effectively you really have to pay for the licensing just the free version doesn't you know 
you're limited to the number of, of participants. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can only use it for 40 minutes at a time. And, and uh, so to really use it effectively you know, with a larger number of people and for longer than 40 minutes, you have to, you have to pay for the subscription. So right. many of them, <clears throat> they're, not <clears throat> they're not able to do that. Um, even if they were, not everybody in their congregations have Wi-Fi, so right. they wouldn't even be able to use it to reach everybody in their right. congregation. So ones that um, uh, have access to Wi-Fi and Internet and some, you know, a lot of the people in their congregations do, they, they were pre-recording, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like we were doing here at mm-hmm. FBC, pre-recording uh, the message, posting it on Facebook. Um, yeah, I know, I know the guys in Hosler did that. Right, um, <clears throat> Saji and Augustine did that, yep. and actually put that up on YouTube so that we could watch it. The yeah, guys so in Guadalajara did that as yeah, well. Juan did that. Yeah, in Cuenca, and maybe some others. But again, the key thing there is to have good Wi-Fi. Yeah, and then the people in your church having access right. to it as well. Exactly. Um, and so then others who were in locations where they didn't have that access, or the large portion of their congregation didn't, um, they're resorting to cell phone mm-hmm. and making phone calls and right. calling people and, you know, seeking to encourage them and, and, and uh, things like that, which is, you know, definitely a lot more difficult and, but yet still very needed. Right. Um, you know, people are at different places in terms of their view of God and their understanding of what God is doing and how God works. And, and I think there's a lot of confusion that exists out there, you know, in the hearts of people when a crisis like this hits, right. You know, what it's really about. And, and a lot of times fear and anxiety and uncertainty. And, and so it's, it's really important for, you know, these guys to be able to keep in contact with their, with their people Mm -hmm. and keep point, Mm -hmm. pointing them in the right direction. And, and uh, pointing them to Christ, and and uh, and I think you know from what we've heard from them, they're all seeking to do that and right. recognize the importance of that. And right, yeah. We as a um, we as a missions committee, uh, we meet next week, and um, and so we're going to be discussing uh, ways that we can be more of a help. Um, you know, some of these places that, um, you know, where the people aren't able to go out and work, um, and they're living day to day, right. You know, maybe we could, um, send a a financial gift to Mm -hmm. the church that could be used to, you know, help people buy food and things that they need uh, when they're not able to go work and that kind of thing. So, um, we're going to be talking about that and praying about that sure. as a as a committee. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for us <clears throat> to um, get our minds around some of the areas of poverty. Oh. And it's even even when things are going well for these areas. Yeah. It's hard for us to get our minds around the poverty. Um they many 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 places don't have the means to uh, support their pastor. Right, and if they bring an offering, sometimes it's a bag of rice or some food, some corn, 
um, something like that that they contribute in terms of an offering yeah. on a on a Sunday or whatever day they meet, mm-hmm. and um, and so and that's that's on that's when things are going well, mm. and so when things are in you know are, are in a period of suffering like they are now for everybody, mm. it, it, it's even more difficult to get our minds around uh, the degree of poverty and the um, lack of ability to, like you said, not even have a day's work, to take that day's work and go to the market and buy some food. Um, but, you know, at the same time, God's faithful. Right. And so... And so we have to, we have to just remind ourselves that um, none of this has caught God by surprise, mm. and God knew this uh, from the beginning of time. And uh, I just thought I'd read something out of Matthew six that I've been thinking about for about two weeks now, I guess, as things started to unfold. And I wrote it. I, I communicated it with everybody, our global family, mm. uh, through WhatsApp mm-hmm. last week. But right. I thought there will be more listeners here today um, or whenever people are listening that might not have uh, read it on WhatsApp. So I just thought I'd, I'd read through this in Matthew 6, uh, verses 25 through 34, and it says, it says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about, what your, about, about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that they, that they, I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I've just been thinking about that. Uh, verse 26, it says, Look at the birds of the air, and they, they don't sow, nor do they reap, nor do they gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father provides for them. Um, are we not much more worthy than they are? So essentially, doesn't God love us much more than he loves the birds? Hmm. You know, and the, and uh, so I've, I've thought about that probably every day for the past number of weeks, that that you know the birds and the squirrels and you know we've got flowers coming up Mm -hmm. they don't know that there's a virus right the flowers don't know there's a virus 
The birds don't know there's a virus. The squirrels don't know that there's a virus. But they're coming up and they're blooming and they look beautiful. And the birds are thriving and the squirrels are thriving. Mm. They don't even know and therefore they're not even worried. Right. And God loves us more than they. Yeah. And so if we can just allow God to draw our focus and draw our attention off of the things that are around us and onto him, mm-hmm. it settles us. Right. And I've just been thinking about Amen. that. And yeah, I think that's what we have to do. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, 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 it's a reality mm-hmm. of what's taking place. But, but, but God is a much bigger and a greater reality than than what is going on around us. Right. And when you when you really stop and think, you know, this type of thing, what is it really affecting? You know, in life, what is it really affecting? It's affecting everything man-made. Mm-hmm. You know, it's affecting you know the the institutions that we've created and the things that we've set up, the structures that we've set up our our way of life that we've come to, you know, depend on and mm-hmm. and enjoy and and it it hinders some of those things but in terms of in terms of you know living life and especially you know in terms of our relationship with God and um, you know the things that he has in store for us and where we're headed absolutely nothing nothing at all and again I you know like you said I think I think you know we have to have the right right perspective um, we can't we can't lose sight of God. We can't lose sight of what God is doing. Um, I think that is another thing, though, that of why growing in the knowledge of God mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think, you know, we all have we all have a context of God. You know that we've we've developed in our hearts of of God, of who He is and what He's like and what He's about. Right. Well. Your context has to begin at the right place. You know, if your if your context begins in Genesis one, then I think I think you're very likely to be led to a, a wrong perspective of God and His heart and what He's about. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you begin, uh, if you look at passages like Second Timothy one nine, mm-hmm. it says God's purpose and grace were bestowed upon us through Christ before time began. You know, so before Genesis one. In in the heart of God, in the the heart of the of the Trinity, God as a Trinity, the Godhead, they predetermined this eternal plan of redemption that would be by grace and through Christ, and and so your context of God has to begin at that place, and which means that salvation and redemption um, has been the center of God's plans and purposes from eternity past and so that's what he's about and so everything he does you know the essence of who he is is love it says in first john four and so everything he does is is for the purpose of salvation and redemption and when you look at humanity and what we're like you know i mean begin at the beginning and go all the way through the old testament i mean where does man turn to god in the midst of joy and happiness and having all of his needs met right you know never right. it's always in the midst of hardship and difficulty and trial and struggle and and so 
you know, it's things like this that makes man, mankind desperate. You know, it's, it's, you know, pandemics and earthquakes and uh, hurricanes and, you know, things like that, that, that make man desperate that, and that makes man realize his need for God. And, and so yeah, I think, you know, if you begin at the right place in your, of your context, in your context about, you know, who God is and what God's like, right. then I think you can, you know, you're more likely to be led to having a right perspective of, of what he's about and what's going on, you know, in, right. in this. And it's about, it's about salvation and redemption. Mm-hmm. It's about drawing people to himself. Um, I, don't, I don't believe it's about judgment. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think that, um, like it, like it says there in that <clears throat> verse twenty-six, are we not much more worthy than the birds and the uh, lilies of the field that God's going to provide for our needs? And you can read this, and but if you're not really like you're saying, fully aware convinced and able to believe in the character and who God is and that's going to fall short yep because that's you have to have to have that that full knowledge of God beginning before the before Genesis yeah in order to fully believe that yeah and I think about it like our kids like our kids um you know my kids our kids still live at home you know yours are moved out and yet still they're your kids and your grandkids you know Henry and Calvin they don't have any doubt that Rachel and I are going to provide for their needs. Right. I, I don't think they wake up in the morning and say... They actually expect it. They expect it. Yeah. Exactly right. Right. <laughs> uh, when I grow out of my pants, um, boy, I wonder if mom and dad are going to buy me a new pair of pants. Right. Um, when the bread runs low and the eggs run low and the peanut butter and jelly run low and whatever else, I wonder if, I wonder if they're going to go to the store and get us any more food. No, they just... Right. They, they expect it, and they automatically believe it. But the reason is because they're convinced and convicted mm. of our love for them right. and our relationship with them, mm. and therefore there's no doubt in their mind of our provisions for them yeah. out of the relationship of love and our family. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with us and God. That we, Well, we have, to, we have to have that relationship. Yep. Just so much so of the relationship with us and God and our family that we're so convinced and convicted and we expect him mm. to provide for our needs. Right. Now, obviously, there's a difference between needs and wants, and we all get that, but, but here we're talking about the needs. Yeah. And that we're so convinced, just like Henry and Calvin expect that and they're, they, don't, they don't doubt because they know their relationship and the love. Mm. That we will not doubt, and that we will expect God to provide for our needs because mm. of the relationship and the love. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great analogy, and and yet, you know, I, I mean, I can look back at my own life, and you know, through the years, not you know, not having that kind of confidence in the heart of God. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think I doubted, you know, the ability of God you know, what he's able to do, you know, I think I've always believed he can do anything. He's, he spoke everything into existence. He can, I mean, he has the power to do anything, but what will he do? That's the issue. You know, one is an issue of his power. The other is an issue of his heart. Right. 
you know, an issue of, of his kindness and goodness. And so I think our tendency is to much more doubt the goodness of God, the heart of God, than his ability. And, and it's, you know, again, this is why, you know, in, in, in terms of, you know, the, our focus with the pastors and the church leaders that we're working with around the world, um, it's why our focus is what it is, you know, that it begins with focusing on God himself and who he is and what he's really like, because the reality is, is there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding in Christianity today and in, in regards to God and his heart and what he's about and what he's really like and what he's really after and what he really desires. And, and so you have that confusion about the heart of God mixed with our own fleshly desires, you know, wanting what we want. Yeah, yeah. And, well, you know, it's just like, it's just like little kids. I mean, you know, sometimes you give little kids what they want. You know, you're able to give mm-hmm. them what they want, but a lot of times you're not able to give them what they want because what they want isn't good. It's not good for them. It's, you know, you're five minutes away from dinner and they want candy, you know, or yeah. things like that, and they don't understand the big picture. Right. Well, that's exactly how we are you know, we are with, right. with life, with, and, yeah. and so God's doing the exact, exact same thing. Yeah. You know, we, we don't know the future. We mm-hmm. don't know what the future holds. Mm-hmm. God does, you know, right. and, and, you know, there's times he gives us what we want, but there's many times that he doesn't, right. but it's never, it's never out of spite. It's never out of, well, I'm just going to sit back here and just see what you do, you know, and see how you act. And it's, yeah. it's never with that heart. It's never, you know, the essence of who he is is love. And so, right. and so it's just extremely important that, you know, we Christians become convinced of that. Yeah. That yeah. we become convinced of what he's really like and yeah. what he's really after, what he's really about. Right. And it's, you know, it's what we're what we're trying to pass on to these pastors and church leaders so that they can pass it on to their the people in their congregations right. and and so that they can genuinely live the Christian life as a relationship right and no longer as a religion yeah yeah um another another passage that uh has really has stood out to me over the last couple of years is uh 1 Corinthians chapter 2 uh starting in verse 7 it says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And that little phrase, those who love him, that's just, a, that's just another way of referring to Christians. You know, who are the ones that love God? Mm-hmm. Christians. And so it's not, it's not, it's not saying some Christians. It's, it's, it's a reference to Christians. And, and so the things that he has in store for us, eye has never heard nor... Uh, I seen. Eye has never seen, ear heard, nor has ever, ever entered in the heart of man. And mm-hmm. you just think... You know, from the day of Pentecost until now, how many millions of Christians have sat and contemplated what heaven is going to be like, and yet it's never entered the heart of man, right? You know, that the things that God has in store for us, and right, and so it's these kinds of perspectives of of the heart of God and and the hope that He has given us that 
I think, becomes an anchor to our soul in mm-hmm. times like this, that mm-hmm. our hope isn't here. You know, okay, so, so, the, so the virus passes, and we're able to go back to normal, and we have sports on again, and we had the NCAA tournament, and football is able to begin on time. And mm-hmm. so then what? Right. What do we have? I mean, we're still living in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. You know, our, mm-hmm. our hope still isn't here. Our hope is, you know, where right. we're headed in the place right. that he's prepared for us. And, yeah. and so, but then it goes on, and it's in that context of these things that God has in store for us that he gives us verse 12 that says, um, well, 11, for what, man, uh, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him, even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that we have been freely given, or that have been freely given to us by God. Mm-hmm. It's in that context of all these things that God has in store for us, that God has given us in Christ, that where he's placed us, what he's made us as a new creation with a new identity, and the, the place that he's preparing for us, that we have been given the spirit of God for the purpose of revealing these things to us. Yeah, I mean that's that's exciting, right? Right, and that's yeah. that's what we want to focus on, and that's you know what we seek to focus on with these guys, so that so that they can focus on these things with with their with their own congregations, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. and oftentimes, as we know, the greatest bit of growth can come through suffering. Yeah, and so here we are in this period of suffering. And, 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 if, and if we can just be open to what it is that God is, is spiritually wanting to teach us, you know, during these times yep. and, you know, circle back around to our, um, you know, our FBC, you know, global family mm-hmm. and they're going through the same thing that we are, yeah. you know, they're, they're having lockdowns and they're having curfews yep. and specifically, Military walking through the streets yeah. and forcing, some of them said. The guys in Pakistan, yep. uh, one of their church leaders, Samson, his mom died um, just a couple of days ago, and, and um, you know, they're not going to be able to you know, go to the funeral, right. have a funeral. Right. That's the same thing that we would be experiencing here, yeah. and we are, yeah. we are experiencing here. And um, so circle back around to you know, just what's happening uh, globally where people can't, meet as a church and where there is shortage of mm. resources to uh, to buy food um, that that God would be communicating spiritually to our global family mm-hmm. to them in all these different places in the world the yeah. same thing that he is here with you and I personally but then also to our local body here and um, that we all be growing together yeah through it all right so if you were to summarize all this and, uh, you know, share with people what, we, what you would call the, I don't know, three or five um, most important prayer requests for the, the guys that we're working with in their churches, what would they be? Well, I think that, that God would provide their need. Because, like like we said earlier, you know, we do have more of a reserve, so to speak, here in, in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are many people that are desperate. And so um, 
you know, as we look at the Gospels, we see God, we see Jesus meeting physical needs, but then also yep. meeting spiritual needs. And many mm-hmm. times he met the physical need first. Right. And so I think um, there are a lot of physical needs that just simply need to be met yep. globally that we don't experience here in Winchester or here in the States. Not to say that people in the States aren't in dire need as well, Yeah. but they're not nearly uh, in the state that people are in other places of the world. Mm-hmm. I think that would certainly be one that God would meet their physical need of just food so that people can, can, can have something to eat. Mm. But then I think too that, that God would um, give the church leaders and the pastors that we work with that many of you here in Winchester know because they've been here to visit that God would give them the uh, uh, opportunities and the platform to communicate, to mm-hmm. use this as an opportunity to shepherd, um, you know, creatively and, and to, 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 whether it's through uh, phone calls or, or whether it's through some sort of <coughs> online platform that mm-hmm. God would open up aver- avenues for, for, you know, the church leaders and the pastors to, to communicate. Um, and then I think as well, I just, I just trust God that he will just even ways beyond we can think that he would divinely communicate himself to people yep. above and beyond what hmm. platforms and avenues um, the pastors and church leaders are able to do, hmm. that he would just show himself strong in people's lives. And, and as it says in John, that you know, the Holy Spirit would bring things to remembrance mm-hmm. and therefore uh, divinely and, uh, and miraculously led by the Spirit cause people to rely upon Him mm. and therefore spiritually grow through their trial. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, I think that's kind of where I would yeah. Kind of land. Yeah. What about, do you have any, what about you? Anything to add to that? Yeah, just um, other I, yeah, definitely those things, but then also um, I was thinking just the um, uh, the opportunity for churches to, you know, reach the lost in their communities, yeah. you know, that, um, that, yeah, there's definitely the needs of the people within the church that need to be met, but then this also provides great opportunity for the church as a body to, you know, point unbelievers in your community to the truth, mm-hmm. you know, to God and who God is and what God's about mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. And and I'm not talking about, you know, the standing on the street corner and, you know, this is the judgment of God and turn or burn and, you right. know, that type of message. But, um, you know, really, really um, seeking to highlight the heart of God and, you know, that, that God's, you know, God's plan was never for, you know, man to live for eternity in a fallen world. I mean, proof of that is putting the flaming sword in the cherubim at the in the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. after he uh, removed Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. so that they couldn't return and eat from the tree of life and remain in that fallen condition for right. eternity. Right. Because um, that's it's not his plan and purpose. His plan and purpose is, you know, one day bring about the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness yeah. dwells, it says in Second Peter. 
you know, and that day, when that day comes, we'll have new heavenly bodies with no indwelling sin, yeah, no sickness, sorrow, death, mm-hmm. no virus ever again, no, mm-hmm. you know, none of these things. And these are the great plans and things that God has in store for, you know, those that accept Christ as their Savior. And, right. And so to me, that's what the message, you know, should be about. And, and so just pray that, you know, God would give believers, give churches all around the world, mm-hmm. you know, the opportunity to communicate that message to, to unbelievers yeah. and, that, and that he'd be, you know, using the, the current circumstances and hardships and the trials that come from it as a means of preparing people's hearts right. to hear and, and believe that message. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, um, Continue to keep contact with yeah. these guys, and as we're as we receive stories and mm-hmm. testimonies of things that God is doing in and through them, mm-hmm. um, we'll yeah. we'll continue to share these things on the on the podcast mm-hmm. with folks. And one thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and just wanted to mention, is that if people are listening and they have particular questions uh, mm. relating to uh, FBC missions or missions in general, or yeah. If you have, um, yeah, just any particular questions, um, feel free to email either either one of us. Yep. And um, Absolutely. we'll be happy to um, answer those questions uh, on the podcast. And mm-hmm. if there's not, that's fine. Yeah. But we just at least wanted to open up and give give everybody the the opportunity to uh, just, just pose their questions. Yeah. And so uh, my email is jim, J-I-M-P, at fbcva.org. That's, uh, yeah, and mine's Scott M, S-C-O-T-T-M, at fbcva.org. Yeah. So. Yeah, I did receive a text the, or an um, email the other day from someone who was asking, you know, specifically asking about how the virus is affecting, yeah. you know, some of the places that we're working with around the world. And right. I told them in a, in a few days we're going to be meeting with the um, – everybody via zoom and and then we would kind of share an update on the podcast and so yeah 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 i know that um everybody around the world uh, globally would appreciate your prayers absolutely and we know that a lot of people of our global family listen to this and so Mm. um again we're a family yep we're in this together we're not in this individually in our local church or in our Mm. uh country but we're in this as a global family, and so we can be uh, praying for each other and just lifting each other up and and uh, encouraging encouraging each other um, through prayer and, and through communication as as we have the as as we have the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, want to thank you all for listening, and um, Lord willing, we will. Um, share another episode next week and have some more updates and testimonies and stories. Sounds good. Well, welcome to the Global Church Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Jim. And uh, it's been a while since we've been together. Yep. Yep. 
lot has gone on since we were together last time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, not only uh, you know here in Winchester, but obviously globally, you know what's taking place around the world, and there's uh, tons of stuff going on. Yeah. And so the uh, what we wanted to do in the focus of this podcast, um, as everybody knows, <clears throat> we're all on in uh, lockdown because of COVID-19 and, and um, we've had to cut, cut out all of our trips and, and that kind of thing. And so um, we've gone to the next best thing and, and uh, started to use Zoom. Yep. And uh, two days ago, we had a, a <clears throat> what we called kind of a online global conference where we got together via Zoom uh, with uh, 25 to 30 of the uh, various pastors that we work with around the world just to touch base with them and see how they're doing, how their churches are doing, how their countries are being affected. And yeah, a lot of people were <clears throat> able to join us. Uh, most of the folks were able to join us. Not everybody. Uh, some were able to just listen in. They weren't necessarily able to you know, speak and contribute. Uh, uh, varied on their uh, Wi-Fi uh, access and accessibility in their particular location, but yeah, it was good. It was we were able to connect with with a good number of people. Yeah, and it uh, and afterwards we got a lot of feedback from them that uh, they were very encouraged with the opportunity. Because um, if you're not familiar familiar with how Zoom works, um, you I mean you can see everybody. You you know everybody's got a little square. Kind of looks like the old. Hollywood Squares uh, game show that used to be on TV, <laughs> right? And uh, and you got you know all these all these people there, and, and so they could you know they could see each other and hear hear each other and talk to each other. And one thing and, they couldn't do was pass germs, right? <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> they yeah. couldn't pass germs to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was a it was a really good time, and and um, and really something we need to continue on with. Would really like to. Right. Even when things get back to normal, sure. um, yeah. it's a it's a really good way of just staying connected in between trips and that kind of thing. And yeah, and uh, so so what were some of the <clears throat> some of the things, Scott, that really um, uh, communicated to you, or what kind of what overall what was what was the state of the works, um, the various locations that were you know that were working in and all. You know, talking about three different continents. Um, you know, we were we had people on from Asia, Africa, Latin America, South America. Right. So yeah, was there was there a common theme that kind of wove throughout all the? All the yeah, locations? there were a couple. Um, one was, um, you know, the 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 works that are located in um, higher uh, concentration of populated areas. Um, definitely have, have the most restrictions. Um, you have some places that they were, um, you know, told not to leave, not to leave their homes. Um, and then the ones that are more rural, more tribal, uh, like some of the Pocot places, you know, their churches are, some of them are way out in the mountains, mm-hmm. um, way out in, you know, like East Pocot, it's, you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're just way out in the, wilderness um and those places i don't think it's really affecting them a lot um Mm -hmm. at all um they're 
they're pretty isolated. They're way out away from things, you know, unless, unless they need to go into town for something, right. you know, then it's a different story. But in terms of, you know, remaining in their houses, in their villages, and, you know, I don't think any of them are really needing to do that or doing any of that. Um, right. Just because of their isolation. Right. Um, and so that was really interesting, um, just, you know, from location to location, just the difference of the context um, kind of determined the, the difference in lockdown. Even like talking with Victor, who's from Guadalajara, and then Fernando Navarro, who's from Chiapas, way down mm-hmm. south, um, just even within the, within the same country in Mexico, different regulations um, Victor, in Victor's area, things were a lot more strict than in Fernando's area. Right. And, uh, so that was interesting. But I think the thing, I think the thing that stood out to me the most, um, that I hadn't thought of, um, is that you have, you have a lot of these places, you know, they're obviously, uh, just in terms of the society, a lot poorer than, you know, here in America or in the West. Mm-hmm. And, in many <clears throat> many of the locations, the people in the churches are living pretty much day to day, hand to mouth. Some places, and to tell people that are living in that context that they can't leave their homes, mm-hmm. uh, I mean that's dire. Mm-hmm. You know that's you know we at least have freezers, you know, full of meat and mm-hmm. you know food and yeah and and. Uh, and ha- often, you know, have a surplus, and and uh, and but a lot of these, a lot of these other places, they're not able to do that, and they don't, right. they don't do that, and they right. live day to day, hand to mouth, and so when they're told they can't leave, they can't work, they right. can't, they can't leave their homes. Uh, I mean, they have to. It's not just going to the fridge and getting food for the day. It's right. you know, they have to go out somewhere, and and so what do they do? And and so I think it's a lot. It's uh, a, a lot more difficult for for others than it is for us. Yeah, William <clears throat> said specifically that you know people in his area are saying that they would rather go out and run the risk of getting the virus as opposed to sit at home with their uh, family and children and starve to death. Right. And so when you hear hear things like that, yep, that's uh, it's very hard to hear. Yeah, that's serious. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's uh, it. Um, I don't know if you know the African countries are just behind the other countries. If it's you know going to spread there like it has in Europe and other places, but or if it's because of the weather. I know viruses you know generally don't tend to do that well in hotter climates, mm-hmm. and and uh, or if that's the case, but. Like the Boons in Zambia, they said right now there's only two known cases right. uh, in their country. The Malawi guys said they didn't know of any, mm-hmm. um, and so that was. But but yet still their countries are are following suit and instilling some regulations to, right. which I think is good precautions to in place. yeah catch it before it really spreads and right. and uh, yeah Cedric have been in Malawi because you know we were planning to go over you and I were planning to go over to 
Malawi to be a part of that conference. And so we did not go, mm. but Cedric went, uh, who lives in South Africa. So he went to Malawi, spent the time with those guys through First Corinthians and, and then on into First Timothy. And, um, and then he got back to South Africa on Sunday night, I believe, right. which was just, um, just in time before they started to really shut things down in South Africa. And so he said that he was very thankful to the Lord because in a sense he made it back just in time before South Africa started to shut things down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, too, that was that they weren't on the call, uh, but this morning we got an email from Pete and Carolyn mm-hmm. that they were uh, scheduled to come back um, in late April their son's graduation in may right in may yeah and they were going to be here for three months and so <clears throat> there's 20 cases now in togo hmm. where we were uh, back in january february right. and so um they're actually going to try to get on a flight sunday hmm. and get home uh, earlier before they, they can't risk, leave yeah. before they run the risk of togo shutting down the airport and um yeah. so we can you know obviously we'll be prayerfully depending upon the Lord for all these people and locations and we can put them on the list as well. Hopefully they can get out of Togo on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing that, that some of them did say was that their, their countries have closed their borders mm-hmm. and they're not, not accepting people in from other countries. Um, some of them can still travel within their country some, but, uh, but they've closed their borders to, uh, coming in from other countries right right yeah so um and then all of them are yeah then we also talked about um how are they continuing on as as a church how are they continuing on in their ministries um just to get a feel for you know what they're able to do and what they're not able to do um not everybody you know, are located in locations, you know, where they have access to Wi-Fi and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And so, um, and then, you know, really to you to be able to use um, apps like Zoom effectively, you really have to pay for the licensing. Just the free version doesn't, you know, you're limited to the number of, of participants. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can only use it for 40 minutes at a time and and uh, so to really use it effectively you know, with a larger number of people and for longer than 40 minutes, you have to, you have to pay for the subscription. So right. many of them, <clears throat> they're, not <clears throat> they're not able to do that. Um, even if they were, not everybody in their congregations have Wi-Fi, so right. they wouldn't even be able to use it to reach everybody in their right. congregations. So... Ones that um, uh, have access to Wi-Fi and Internet and some, you know, a lot of the people in their congregations do, they, they were pre-recording, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like we were doing here at FBC, mm-hmm. pre-recording uh, the message, posting it on Facebook. Um, yeah, I know, I know the guys in Hostler did that. Right. Um, <clears throat> Saji and Augustine did that yeah. and actually put that up on YouTube so that we could watch it. The yeah, guys so in Guadalajara did that as yeah, well. Juan did that yeah. in Cuenca and maybe some others. But again, the key thing there is to have good Wi-Fi. 
Yeah, and then the people in your church having access right. to it as well. Exactly. Um, and so then others who were in locations where they didn't have that access or the large portion of their congregation didn't, um, they're resorting to cell phone mm-hmm. and making phone calls and right. calling people and you know seeking to encourage them and 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 uh, things like that, which is you know definitely a lot more difficult and but yet still very needed. Right. Um, you know, people are at different places in terms of their view of God and their understanding of what God is doing and how God works and. And I think there's a lot of confusion that exists out there, you know, in the hearts of people when a crisis like this hits. Right. You know, what it's really about. And, and a lot of times fear and anxiety and uncertainty. And, and so it's, it's really important for, you know, these guys to be able to keep in contact with their, with their people mm-hmm. and keep point, pointing them in the right direction and, right. and uh, pointing them to Christ and and uh, I think, you know, from what we've heard from them, they're all seeking to do that and right. recognize the importance of that. And Right. Yep. We as a, um, we as a missions committee, uh, we meet next week. And, um, and so we're going to be discussing uh, ways that we can be more of a help. Um, you know, the, some of these places that... Um, you know, where the people aren't able to go out and work, um, and they're living day to day, Right. you know, maybe we could, um, send a, a financial gift to mm-hmm. the church that could be used to, you know, help people buy food and right. things that they need, uh, when they're not able to go work and right. that kind of thing. So, um, we're going to be talking about that and praying about that sure. as a, as a committee. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for us to um, get our minds around some of the areas of poverty. Oh. And it's even even when things are going well for these areas, yeah. it's hard for us to get our minds around the poverty. Um, they, many, many, many places, don't have the means to uh, support their pastor. Right. And if they bring an offering, sometimes it's a bag of rice or some food, some corn, um, something like that, that they contribute in terms of an offering yeah. on, a, on a Sunday or whatever day they meet. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and that's, that's, on, that's when things are going well. Mm. And so when things are in, you know, are, are in a period of suffering, like they are now for everybody, mm. it is, it's even more difficult to get our minds around uh, the degree of poverty and the uh, um, lack of ability to, like you said, not even have a day's work, to take that day's work and go to the market and buy some food. Um, but, you know, at the same time, God's faithful. Right. And so... And so we have to, we have to just remind ourselves that um, none of this has caught God by surprise, mm. and God knew this uh, from the beginning of time. And uh, I just thought I'd read something out of Matthew six that I've been thinking about for about two weeks now, I guess, as things started to unfold. 
and I wrote it, I, I communicated it with everybody, our global family, hmm. uh, through WhatsApp mm-hmm. last week, but right. I thought there will be more listeners here today, um, or whenever people are listening, that might not have uh, read it on WhatsApp. So I just thought I'd, I'd read through this in Matthew 6, uh, verses 25 through 34, and it says, it says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about what your, about, about your life, as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that they, that they, I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I've just been thinking about that. Uh, Verse 26, it says, Look at the birds of the air, and they they don't sow, nor do they reap, nor do they gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father provides for them. Um, Are we not much more worthy than they are? So essentially, doesn't God love us much more than he loves the birds? Hmm. You know, and and, uh, so I've I've thought about that probably every day for the past number of weeks, that that you know the birds and the squirrels and you know we've got flowers coming up Mm -hmm. they don't know that there's a virus right the flowers don't know there's a virus the birds don't know there's a virus the squirrels don't know that there's a virus but they're coming up and they're blooming and they look beautiful and the birds are thriving and the squirrels are thriving Mm. They don't even know, and therefore they're not even worried. Right. And God loves us more than they. Yeah. And so if we can just allow God to draw our focus and draw our attention off of the things that are around us and onto him, mm-hmm. it settles us. Right. And I've just been thinking about Amen. that. And yeah, I think that's what we have to do. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's it's... it's it's a reality mm-hmm. of what's taking place, but 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 God is a much bigger and a greater reality than than what is going on around us. Right, and when you when you really stop and think, you know, this type of thing, what is it really affecting? You know, in life, what is it really affecting? It's affecting everything man-made. Mm-hmm. You know, it's affecting, you know, the. The institutions that we've created and the things that we've set up, the structures that we've set up, are 
our way of life that we've come to, you know, depend on and, mm-hmm. and enjoy and, and it, it hinders some of those things. But in terms of, in terms of, you know, living life and especially, you know, in terms of our relationship with God and, um, you know, the things that he has in store for us and where we're headed, absolutely nothing, nothing at all. And again, I, you know, like you said, I think, I think, you know, we have to have the right, right perspective. Um, we can't, we can't lose sight of God. We can't lose sight of what God is doing. Um, I think that is another thing, though, that of why growing in the knowledge of God mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think, you know, we all have we all have a context of God. You know that we've we've developed in our hearts of of God, of who He is and what He's like and what He's about. Right. Well. Your context has to begin at the right place. You know, if your if your context begins in Genesis one, then I think I think you're very likely to be led to a, a wrong perspective of God and His heart and what He's about. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you begin, uh, if you look at passages like Second Timothy one nine, mm-hmm. it says God's purpose and grace were bestowed upon us through Christ before time began. You know, so before Genesis one, and in, in the heart of God, in the the heart of the of the Trinity, God as a Trinity, the Godhead, they predetermined this eternal plan of redemption that would be by grace and through Christ, and and so your context of God has to begin at that place, and which means that salvation and redemption. Um, has been the center of God's plans and purposes from eternity past. And so that's what he's about. And so everything he does, you know, the essence of who he is is love, it says in 1 John 4. And so everything he does is is for the purpose of salvation and redemption. And when you look at humanity and what we're like, you know, I mean, begin at the beginning and go all the way right. through the Old Testament. I mean, where does man turn to God in the midst of joy and happiness and having all of his needs met, right. you know, never. Right. It's always in the midst of hardship and difficulty and trial and struggle. And, and so, you know, it's things like this that makes man, mankind desperate. You know, it's, it's, you know, pandemics and earthquakes and uh, hurricanes and, you know things like that 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 make man desperate that and that makes man realize his need for God, and and so yeah, I think you know if you begin at the right place in your of your context in your context about you know who God is and what God's like, right. then I think you can you know you're more likely to be led to having a right perspective of of what he's about and what's going on, you know, in, right. in this. And it's about, it's about salvation and redemption. Mm-hmm. It's about drawing people to himself. Um, I don't, I don't believe it's about judgment. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, um, like it, like it says there in that <clears throat> verse 26, are we not much more worthy than the birds and the, uh, lilies of the field that God's going to provide for our needs, and you can read this. And but if you're not really like you're saying, fully aware, 
convinced and able to believe in the character and who God <clears> is, and that's going to fall short. Yep. Because that's you have to have to have that that full knowledge of God beginning before the before Genesis. Yeah. In order to fully believe that. Yeah. And I think about it like our kids. Like our kids, um, you know, my kids, our kids still live at home. You know, yours are moved out, and yet still they're your kids and your grandkids. You know, Henry and Calvin, they don't have any doubt that Rachel and I are going to provide for their needs. Right. I, I don't think they wake up in the morning and say, they actually expect it. They expect it. Yeah. Exactly right. Right. <laughs> uh, when I grow out of my pants, um, boy, I wonder if mom and dad are going to buy me a new pair of pants. Right. Um, when the bread runs low and the eggs run low and the peanut butter and jelly run low and whatever else, I wonder if I wonder if they're going to go to the store and get us any more food. No, they just right. They they expect it and they automatically believe it, but the reason is because they're convinced and convicted mm. of our love for them right and our relationship with them mm. and therefore there's no doubt in their mind of our provisions for them yeah out of the relationship of love and our family yeah i think it's the same thing with us and god that we well we have to we have to have that relationship yep just so much so of the relationship with us and god and our family that we're so convinced and convicted and we expect him mm. to provide for our needs. Right. Now, obviously there's a difference between needs and wants and we all get that, but but here we're talking about the needs. Yeah. And that we're so convinced just like Henry and Calvin expect that and they're they don't they don't doubt because they know their relationship and the love mm. that we will not doubt and that we will expect God to provide for our needs because mm. of the relationship and the love. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great analogy. And and yet, you know, I, I mean, I can look back at my own life and, you know, through the years, not, you know, not having that kind of confidence in the heart of God. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think I doubted, you know, the ability of God, you know, what he's able to do. You know, I think I've always believed he can do anything. He's He spoke everything into existence. He can... I mean, he has the power to do anything, but what will he do? That's right. the issue. You know, one is an issue of his power. The other is an issue of his heart. Right. You know, an issue of, of his kindness and goodness. And so I think our tendency is to much more doubt the goodness of God, the heart of God, than his ability. And and it's, you know, again, this is why, you know, in, in, in terms of, you know, the, our focus with the pastors and the church leaders that we're working with around the world, um, it's why our focus is what it is, you know, that it begins with focusing on God himself and who he is and what he's really like, because the reality is, is there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding in Christianity today and in, in regards to God and his heart and what he's about and what he's really like and what he's really after and what he really desires and and so you have that confusion about the heart of God mixed with our own fleshly desires, you know, of wanting what we want. Yeah, yeah. And, well, you know, it's just like, it's just like little kids. I mean, you know, sometimes you give little kids what they want. You know, you're able to give mm-hmm. them what they want, but a lot of times you're not able to give them what they want because what they want isn't good. It's not good for them. It's, 
you know, you're five minutes away from dinner and they want candy, you know, or yeah. things like that. And they don't understand the big picture. Right. Well, that's exactly how we are. You know, we are with, right. with life, with, and, yeah. and so God's doing the exact, exact same thing. Yeah. You know, we, we don't know the future. We mm-hmm. don't know what the future holds. Mm-hmm. God does, you know, right. and, and, you know, there's times he gives us what we want, but there's many times that he doesn't. Right. But it's never, it's never out of spite. It's never out of well. I'm just gonna sit back here and just see what you do, you know, and see how you act. And it's yeah. it's never with that heart. It's never, you know, the essence of who he is is love. And so, right. and so, it's just extremely important that, you know, we Christians become convinced of that. Yeah, that yeah. we become convinced of what he's really like and yeah. what he's really after, what he's really about. Right. And it's, you know, it's what we're, what we're trying to pass on to these pastors and church leaders so that they can pass it on to their, the people in their congregations right. and, and so that they can genuinely live the Christian life as a relationship right. and no longer as a religion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another, another passage that uh, has really has stood out to me over the last couple of years is First uh, Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, starting in verse 7, it says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And that little phrase, "those who love him," that's just a that's just another way of referring to Christians. You know, who are the ones that love God? Mm-hmm. Christians. And so it's not it's not it's not saying some Christians. It's 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 a reference to Christians. And and so the things that he has in store for us, I has never heard nor uh, I haven't. Seen. I has never seen, ear heard, nor has ever ever entered in the heart of man. And mm-hmm. you just think. You know, from the day of Pentecost until now, how many millions of Christians have sat and contemplated what heaven is going to be like, and yet it's never entered the heart of man, right? You know, the, the things that God has in store for us. And, right. And so it's these kinds of perspectives of, of the heart of God and, and the hope that he has given us that I think becomes an anchor to our soul in mm-hmm. times like this, that mm-hmm. our hope isn't here, you know? Okay, so... So the, so the virus passes, and we're able to go back to normal, and we have sports on again, and we have the NCAA tournament, and football is able to begin on time. And mm-hmm. So then what? Right. What do we have? I mean, we're still living in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. You know, our, mm-hmm. our hope still isn't here. Our hope is, you know, where right. we're headed in the place right. that he's prepared for us. And, yeah. And so... But then it goes on, and it's in that context of these things that God has in store for us that he gives us verse 12 that says, um, well, 11, for what, man, uh, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him, even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that we have been freely given, or that have been freely given to us by God. Mm-hmm. 
it's in that context of all these things that God has in store for us, that God has given us in Christ, that where he's placed us, what he's made us as a new creation with a new identity and the, the place that he's preparing for us, that we have been given the spirit of God for the purpose of revealing these things to us. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exciting. Right, right. And that's, yeah. that's what we want to focus on. And that's, you know, what we seek to focus on with these guys so that, so that they can focus on these things with, with their, with their own congregations. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. and oftentimes, as we know, the greatest bit of growth can come through suffering. Yeah. And so here we are in this period of suffering and, and, and if, and if we can just be open to what it is that God is, is spiritually wanting to teach us, you know, during these times yep. and, you know, circle back around to our, um, you know, our FBC, you know, global family mm-hmm. and they're going through the same thing that we are, yeah. you know, they're, they're having lockdowns and they're having curfews yep. and specifically Military walking through the streets yeah. and forcing, some of them said. The guys in Pakistan, yep. uh, one of their church leaders, Samson, his mom died um, just a couple of days ago, and, and um, you know, they're not going to be able to you know, go to the funeral, right. have a funeral. Right. That's the same thing that we would be experiencing here, yeah. and we are, yeah. we are experiencing here. And um, so circle back around to you know, just what's happening uh, globally where people can't, meet as a church and where there is shortage of mm. resources to uh, to buy food um, that that God would be communicating spiritually to our global family mm-hmm. to them in all these different places in the world you know, yeah. same thing that he is here with you and I personally but then also to our local body here and um, that we all be growing together yeah through it all right so if you were to summarize all this and uh, you know share with people what we what you would call the I don't know three or five um, most important prayer requests for the the guys that we're working with in their churches, what would they be? Well, I think that that God would provide their need. Yep. Because, like, like we said earlier, you know, we do have more of a reserve, so to speak, here in, in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are many people that are desperate. And so, um, you know, as we look at the Gospels, we see God, we see Jesus meeting physical needs, but then also yep. meeting spiritual needs. And many mm-hmm. times he met the physical need first. Right. And so I think... Um, there are a lot of physical needs that just simply need to be met yep. globally that we don't experience here in Winchester or here in the States. Not to say that people in the States aren't in dire need as well, yeah. but they're not nearly uh, in the state that people are in other places of the world. Mm-hmm. I think that would certainly be one that God would meet their physical need of just food so people can 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 have something to eat. Mm. But then I think too that that God would um, give the church leaders and the pastors that we work with that many of you here in Winchester know because they've been here to visit that God would give them the uh, uh, opportunities and the platform to communicate mm-hmm. to use this as an opportunity to shepherd 
um, you know, creatively and, and to, 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 whether it's through uh, phone calls or, or whether it's through some <coughs> sort of online platform that mm. God would open up aver- avenues for, for, you know, the church leaders and the pastors to, to communicate. Um, and then I think as well, I just, I just trust God that he will just even ways beyond we can think that he would divinely communicate himself to people yep. above and beyond what hmm. platforms and avenues um, the pastors and church leaders are able to do, hmm. that he would just show himself strong in people's lives. And, and as it says in John, that you know the Holy Spirit would bring things to remembrance mm-hmm. and therefore uh, divinely and um, and miraculously led by the Spirit, cause people to rely upon Him, mm. and therefore spiritually grow through their trial. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, I think that's kind of where I would, yeah. I would land. Yeah. What about we have any? What about you? Anything to add to that? Yeah, just um, other, I, yeah, definitely those things. But then also, um, I was thinking just the um, uh, the opportunity for churches to you know, reach the lost in their communities, yeah. you know, that, um, that, yeah, there's definitely the needs of the people within the church that need to be met, but then this also provides great opportunity for the church as a body to, you know, point unbelievers in your community to the truth, mm-hmm. you know, to God and who God is and what God's about mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. And, and I'm not talking about you know, the standing on the street corner and, you know, this is the judgment of God and turn or burn and, you know, that type of message. But, um, you know, really, really um, seeking to highlight the heart of God and, you know, that, that God's, you know, God's plan was never for, you know, man to live for eternity in a fallen world. I mean, proof of that is putting the flaming sword in the cherubim at the, in the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. after he uh, removed Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. so that they couldn't return and eat from the tree of life and remain in that fallen condition for right. eternity. Right. Because um, that's it's not his plan and purpose. His plan and purpose is, you know, one day bring about the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness yeah. dwells, it says in Second Peter. You know, and that day, when that day comes, we'll have new heavenly bodies with no indwelling sin, yeah, no sickness, sorrow, death, mm-hmm. no virus ever again, no, mm-hmm. you know, none of these things. And these are the great plans and things that God has in store for you know those that accept Christ as their Savior. And, right. And so, to me, that's what the message you know should be about. And and so, just pray that you know God would give believers give churches all around the world mm-hmm. you know the opportunity to communicate that message to to unbelievers yeah. and that and that he'd be you know using the the current circumstances and hardships and the trials that come from it as a means of preparing people's hearts right. to hear and and believe that message right yeah yeah but, that's great yeah yeah so we're all um Continue to keep contact with yeah. these guys, and as we're as we receive stories and mm-hmm. testimonies of things that God is doing in and through them, mm-hmm. um, we'll yeah. we'll continue to share these things on the po- on the podcast mm-hmm. with folks. And one thing that 
we talked about a couple weeks ago, and this wanted to mention is that if people are listening and they have particular questions uh, mm. relating to uh, FBC missions or missions in general, or yeah. if you have, um, yeah, just any particular questions, um, feel free to email either either one of us. Yep. And um, Absolutely. we'll be happy to um, answer those questions uh, on the podcast. And mm -hmm. if there's not, that's fine. Yeah. But we just at least wanted to open up and give give everybody the the opportunity to uh, just just pose their questions. Yeah. And so uh, my email is jim j i m p at fbcva.org. That's uh, yeah. And mine's Scott M. S C O T T M at fbcva.org. Yeah, I did receive a text the or an um, email the other day from someone who was asking, you know, specifically asking about how the virus is affecting, yeah. you know, some of the places that we're working with around the world. And right. I told them in a in a few days we're going to be meeting with the um, everybody via Zoom, and and then we would kind of share an update on the podcast. And so, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that um, everybody around the world. Uh, globally would appreciate your prayers absolutely and we know that a lot of people of our global family listen to this and so mm. um, again we're a family yep we're in this together we're not in this individually in our local church or in our mm. uh, country but we're in this as a global family and so we can be uh, praying for each other and just lifting each other up and and uh, encouraging encouraging each other um, through prayer and, and through communication as, as we have the, as, as we have the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for listening and, um, Lord willing, we will, um, share another episode episode next week and have some more updates and testimonies and stories.